All right, we are live. You guys were asking, what is gravy? The if it's spin, what is gravy? I want to know what gravy is. Who's got the gravy <laughs> boat tonight? I got a green gravy boat. You want me to go grab it? Want a green yeah, gravy, gravy boat. Want to go grab it? Want a green gravy boat. That's my gravy boat's the admiral of my gravy navy. <laughs> <laughs> gravy navy. Yeah, so this is the part where we come on live. All of a sudden, the few anticipatory fans that are ready and waiting get to see this strange little moment before Alan Marcus makes some kind of announcement that we're going to be zooming off into an introductory video that if you have recently taken mushrooms or LSD or you have, uh, what do they call that? When, uh, when flashing things make you have a, a reaction. Epilepsy. If yes. you have epilepsy. Oh, yes. Am I feeling called out? <laughs> or, or both if you've done both um it's a good time to uh what i do is i'll enjoy the visual but sometimes i'll take the ear earphones put them down to the neck because alan marcus and our friend chris from the king of cups usually produce this thing to be uh it's psychedelic man it's far oh, out so but it is an opportunity to promote the show to your friends and family if you feel safe doing that to run and grab a beverage or a snack to use the restroom or any other thing you might want to do like close the window on your parrot so that you can't hear him in the background or any of those type of things so or grab your lsd and mushrooms yeah i mean they won't kick in before the introduction is up but if you want to enjoy this week's episode live of weaving spiders welcome on lsd or mushrooms we welcome that i'm personally going to pass but if it's your thing, man, go for it. I had a nice uh, mescaline cactus going, but my cats ate it. What? The cats ate the mescaline cactus? Yes, now that sounds like an Adam Moore song. <gasps> what well, happened to the cat? Yeah, was there any change in behavior? The cat turned uh, into a dog in the background. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they kind of think they're dogs anyways, the two cats that did my, it. My does. They're I like, think he's a pug. It's hilarious. We have a lot. large viewership of cats. A lot of our viewers will send in <laughs> videos of their cats glued to the screen, trying to figure out. Maybe it's because we have a yarn in one of our logos. You know, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a ball of yarn Sweet. that they want to get to. We have a lot of fun I, metaphors that we explore. Too. I have a pug right there, but he's trying to sleep in right now. So. <laughs> the pug oh, wait, is... Didn't you guys say you have pugs? Wait, Am I remembering yeah. correctly? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Both deaf, one blind and deaf. And both, of course, since they're pugs, dumb. <laughs> yeah, my, I feel like we were blessed with some pretty smart pugs by, Good. you know, like, I mean, by pug standards. They're they're not brilliant, but they are, they can follow instructions. Oh, and, that's good. You know, yeah. they only rarely run into things, which is pretty funny. <laughs> we have a puggle in the house. It's not better. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like a pug with energy. Oh, we got an extra yeah. person here. What was that? Oh, he is oh, ready to fight with everything, although right. everything can beat him up. <laughs> we love animals here. Yeah, We've had some right here. animal Be right behind me. Yeah, that's right the behind. that's the cat. <laughs> that that's the, the mescaline cat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the yeah. cat. Where's the box and where's Schrodinger? <laughs> 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 
This is great, know. man. I am stoked about I this. I burned one. the box and I beat that dude up for locking a cat in it. Freaking no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Schrodinger would definitely be canceled if he was uh, coming out this year, right? That's true. Yes. Is this the Robert Anton Wilson reading group? A, tri- a trigger warning. <laughs> Cosmic trigger. Exactly. Does the melt come with a reading list, a recommended reading list? You know, we don't have a reading list. We should do that. We should. Great, uh, actually, yeah. yeah. I know uh, if you're a, a member like I am of the Patreon, there is a chance that you could receive free books. With me being a, a book junkie who has a huge library, I actually told myself, like, Sean, let someone else get the book. You have lots of books. <laughs> the pictures of the books you see there have been up there for a long time. So they're totally up for grabs. Yeah. yeah. We have lots okay. of books. We love yeah. books. Absolutely. I, vo- I volunteer at our local uh, library so that, and they have a bookstore there so that I get first dibs on the books. Nice. That yeah. is beautiful. There's a library nice. right up the road that had a sign that said book sale when I drove by and, you know, and I had that uh, book addict react like what yeah, book exactly and they, i could i could volunteer and yes. i could actually if i get in good with them i could say show me the stuff that you guys think is taboo nowadays and that you're throwing out exactly and uh, we'll just put that all right in the back of my car i've got a taboo <laughs> book we can get into a little bit here i haven't yeah. read it yet because i don't want to but this is uh who's sleeping in your head the secret world of sexual fantasies and the author is from the esteemed Tavistock Institute. So that's a little oh, teaser. I oh, actual Tavistock books. I love it. Do they have their own press? I would imagine they do. Yeah, I think they do. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that on the other side when it's a little safer. We're just yeah, trying to I make have sure all the passengers are on board. Reading level book about the actual founding of the state of Israel that I recommend to people because it's SB. actually telling the truth. SB, of how that's the, before the that's before the video. We gotta we got to oh, talk about oh. Doja Cat and uh, MTV Music Awards <laughs> and all the relevant topics and the funniest TikTok you've seen this week. Didn't we already do Doja Cat this year? No, that was that was that uh, other person. Uh, what was her name? She sings about starships being meant to fly, but that was 10 years ago. So we got to stay current with the culture. Otherwise, I we're know not I've heard you say Doja kids. Cat too many times already. I know this. <laughs> well, she's the one that glued red Swarovski crystals all over her bosom and face, isn't she? So, yes, we definitely touched on it because, you know, if you make yourself look like, well, that. Yes. Well, we, we are aware of Balenciaga. Yes. Balenciaga. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're all aware. <laughs> <laughs> when the system falls, I will have words with them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait till the system falls. I like that plan. That's a good idea. Wait till the system falls, please. Well, the, ben, plan, I, please. the plan I have is we're going to bathe ourselves in a little uh, sound bath of David Bowie, if that's oh. all right with all of you. Yeah, I'm all ready. ready. This will be about 13 minutes, and then we'll get the show started. You know what? My daughter did that with Labyrinth enough. I'm going to mute. It's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no music in Labyrinth. So we'll still that. like Bowie. Yeah, well, no. Balderson's got a point. If you were subjected to young children having True. to watch things redundantly on VHS True. tape, if someone brings it up, you might have to defer away from it, regardless of the context. So right, I can respect Balderson <laughs> busting the glass balls of Bowie. That's totally yeah. okay. My, right. my brother Zach did it with the uh, Michael Jackson, uh, the Wiz, 
We watched oh. that VHS tape like a hundred. Oh my god! Times. I still enjoy yes. it, but for a while, I took like seven or eight years off. Dude, the flying monkeys on the motorcycles are rad. I don't it really, it's a great movie. Says. You've never it's, seen it, but anyway, I'm gonna stop so interrupting you. Go ahead, let's go. Let's start this thing. Ciao, babe. Mm -hmm. Imagine, imagine at dawn a multi-dimensional spider's web covered in dew. Up until one century ago, there lived in the Zaiduang province of an eastern country glass-like spider. Having devoured its prey, it would drape the skeletons over its web, in weeks creating a macabre shrine of remains. Its web was also unique in that it had many layers, like floors of a building. I give them the assignment to build this house. At the top of this palace-like place, Assembled with almost apparent care were tiny, shining objects. Glass, beads, dewdrops. One could almost call it an altar. When the breeze blew through this construction, it produced sounds of wailing, crying. Tiny wails, tiny cries. A vast, vast spider's web that is the whole cosmos. Spiders would get scared and search frantically for their mother, but the glass spider would have long gone, having known that the babies would survive somehow on their own. Oh, the glass spider had blue eyes almost like a human's. They shed tears at the winter turn of the centuries.
web, web, web. And this right here is a representation of the web of Indra. And Indra's web is really special because there are some jewels on it. Do you see the, the jewels that are on the, on the web? On Indra's web, there are an infinite number of jewels. Jewels. There was a time when a great monster uh, named Rutra had uh, closed all the waters of the earth. And so there was a drought, a terrible drought. Well, it took this uh, god, Indra, quite a while to realize that he had a box of thunderbolts there, and all he had to do was drop a thunderbolt in Rutra and then blow him up. And when he did that, of course, he built it up and the waters flowed and the world was refreshed. And he said, what a great boy am I. No Indra before you has ever built such a power. Brahma opens his eyes, a world governed by an Indra, closes his eyes, the world goes out of fear, opens his eyes. and they think, what a good boy and I, and down they go. And with this set of instructions, Indra gives up his idea of going out becoming a yogi and finds that in life he can represent the eternal in the way of a, a symbol, you might say, of uh, the Brahman and uh, the, the ultimate truth. to each other in this web. 
Each one of these jewels represents a person, a life form. And whenever we are kind, we rebuild the web. We make it stronger than it was before. When you tug on one thread of the universe, you pull the whole thing with you. See this, the enormous net and the glittering of the mirrors and the globe of the earth rolling across the surface. We're all in this together. We all each are one of those gems on the net. You got some good boys in chat tonight. You saying there's dogs in the chat? Good day. Then he said, what a great boy am I. I said we had some good boys in chat tonight. Welcome to the post-introduction segment of Weaving Spiders Welcome number 206. Six dollars, seven sacrificial chickens, one syringe of gravy. Who approved that title? Oh, Jim approved it technically when he pushed the button. Was there a committee of 300 that decided upon that? The committee of 300. They ran it by a round table in Rome, and here we are. We'd like to welcome Chris Snipes and Hunter Muse of the uh, reasonably well-known and famous Melt podcast to this Yay. episode Yay. of Weaving Spiders. Welcome. They were so gracious as to court me for one of their Patreon-only episodes, and then after that, and I reported back here to the spider gang and we thought, hey, well, let's let's manifest this into reality. And alas, here we are. Now it's literally happening before our very eyes through this Thank wonderful Spider-Man. Inter- <laughs> yeah, we get all credit and all almost kind regards to all the various Spider-Men in all of the different uh, well, multiverses, if you believe in a multiverse. We just listened to a David Bowie ballad together, so you know it's real. <laughs> right. feel the love. That was, it. A, that was an interesting <laughs> juxtaposition of it. for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one goal for the show tonight, it's interesting juxtapositions, thoughts yeah. that have not been thought and spoken aloud before. Absolutely. So I, with that, welcome, Melt. Thank you. Melt. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yes, let's melt together, guys. Here, here. <laughs> yes. So I guess a great place to start, and I don't think I've ever asked you guys, would be um, how it was that, uh, you know, kind of like boilerplate conspiracy fair. Like, how did this happen to you? You're no longer in the category of normies in any in any quality at all. You're now over in the other category of non-normies. Um, did, did it happen slowly over time? Like, my farthest back memory personally was like in 
college in 98, probably I chose, there was a class where you had to learn how to use the internet and the regular research library. And I chose the subject of the relationship between the largest banks in the world and the poorest people in the world. And I never really recovered from the evidence that I found. And I did fall <laughs> back asleep and wake up a few times and kind of put it in the back burner. But so I'm definitely curious to hear how you guys ended up in this uh, speaking SB, the truth, whatever I, we want to call it. I heard that Hunter Muse's mother may have been a Rosicrucian. My mother can, was can a Rosicrucian. Ask about that? Oh, fascinating. My, okay. My grandfather was uh, one of the founders of the NSA. Wow. Really? I kind of came. How about that? I, it's a generational thing in my family. He was in the Navy. He was a career Navy man and a 31st degree Mason. And wow. so I kind of cut my teeth on conspiracy as a child with my mom talking about MK Ultra and the JFK assassination hmm. being uh, something that was uh, executed by the CIA, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, so I, I just kind of grew up in this world. Um, my dad was a professional wrestler. And so I, I traveled the world as a child and was kind of always the new kid. And so I was able to kind of understand the, the entrenched idea of, um, consensus reality and how people are really, really indoctrinated into that in the school system from the time I was in kindergarten. So I think I've never not been in the conspiracy world. That's wow, that's a great answer. Now, is your dad someone we would recognize? Because I was a pretty big wrestling fan when I was a kid. Well, Jesse Ventura's first wrestling match was against my father. And the he governor of Minnesota? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, yeah. My dad's name is Omar Atlas. He was Mr. Excitement. Imagine trying to date me in high school. <laughs> uh, so he had several iterations of names. And I think this also played into my whole conspiracy uh, being conspiracy friendly because naming and names were something that were very fluid in my family. So he was Buddy Silverwolf. And he was an Indian. He went to Australia and became a Amer American Indian. Um, Omar Negro. This is the racist South <laughs> that he wrestled boy, in. Highly inventive too. Yeah. Boy, that's that's yeah. almost as good as Mark Twain's. Yeah, exactly. Edward Jim. Oh, Omar Negro. That was his wrestling name. Was <laughs> um, he a black magician? <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds it like sounds he was like a, a Saudi mu magician. A brand of chewing tobacco back in the forties. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I'm sorry. I'm Gordy. I I, I came in late, so it's good to meet you guys. Likewise. But my my father-in-law was also a Ross Christian, and and a wrestler. He, and not a wrestler. He was a. He, um, but he was a very interesting guy, like a very like closeted uh, mystic and realized and my wife realized after we'd gone through all the all of his Ross Crucian books, mm -hmm. all of his uh, all the the, the library that he kind of left that was hidden under their their house. Like I was the only one that was possibly in the family going to be interested in this stuff. Right. right. Thank God it was me that found it right yeah, when we yeah. are going through this stuff 
and out comes these cards out of one of the uh, Ophiel books, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were like those psychic cards, those psychic training cards. And yep. my wife was like, oh, my God, I remember that. My dad used to do that with with us, me and my my brother and her brother's like he he could remote view pretty well, I guess. But my wife is like really good at it. And I think he was kind of training her Absolutely. as a child yeah, to, yeah. to get into that. And so it's been it's been really interesting going through all that this family lore too. Gordy, was it the Kreskins ESP kit? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, with a little Doug, Doug Hanning hypno, uh, mentalist videos. Yeah, we had those cards, and she was a, a member of the Eastern Star uh-huh. in, in Kansas City, Kansas, of all places. Wow. There were wow. pockets of Roscrucian uh, churches and organizations all over the United States. And she fell into this one in Kansas city, Kansas. And what was fascinating about it is that when we were little, she used to have us do seances. Really? Yeah. And you know, um, now I look back, I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> doing this shit at like five yeah. years old, I'm doing a seance with my mom, you know, trying to conjure up <laughs> those spirits and stuff. But I always had a psychic ability. So yeah. I had a ability to predict deaths and mm-hmm. she was just never tried to tamp any of that stuff down. It was just always cool. something that was a muscle. You know, I had imaginary friends and, you know, people that I talked to and she always really encouraged that. And I never really understood if that was connected to the MK Ultra stuff or, you know, her father and his relationship with the NSA, or if it was just her own curiosity, I think kind of a combo platter. We are a curious group and I often share my strange childhood mm-hmm. where I say my dumb psychic gift was being able to dream of the Where's Waldo book. And then in the next day of school, during our, our quiet reading time, this my neighbor and I would go in a corner, we'd open the Where's Waldo book that I agreed that I'd never seen before, except that I'd seen it in my dream. So he'd flip the page. I put my finger right on Waldo without even oh, you know, wow. examining it and be like, there he is. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah. you're right. And That's then do it again. I'd do it like three times in a row and be like, what are you doing, man? You're cheating. I'm like, <laughs> you kind of look like a Harry Waldo. <laughs> no, Harry Waldo's a good wrestler name. I've, I've been called Harry that. At Rene- I've been called that at Renaissance festivals, indeed. Harry I like Waldo. it. I like Do you have it. a striped shirt, uh, sweater that you? Wear? No, I don't want to. Cr- I, I don't want to. I do, but it's not camp. about me tonight. It's about the mount. You want to give me a fighting chance, SB? Well, I mean, I know that you'll dive in here. Uh, I'm not. You I'm, know. But I, I, I am curious. It's the truth. It's more of a selfish motive that I've, I want to give uh, Hunter props for um, giving one of the most astounding answers I think I've ever heard to this question, because yeah. it's not every day that someone's like, well, my family were Rosicrucians and Masons and professional wrestlers, and I think exactly. I've been doing conspiracy stuff. As a matter of <laughs> fact, I can remember being in seances when I was age five, like, whoa, <laughs> fucking cool and trippy. Um, I know. That blows I- my mind. And I've got to follow that because mine's totally yeah. lame. Anticlimax is fine here. 
Yeah. <laughs> goodness. Are you holding space for me? Yeah, absolutely. We're there's uh, a space in this web for you. <laughs> thank you. My God. I'm I've, it's a long time coming. Um I had nothing, no special colorful characters in my family or anything like that. I was just always drawn to weird stuff, stuff that caught my attention. <clears throat> in search of by Leonard Nimoy and these books that you would get. There were like compilations of very short stories and I can't think of the names of any of them. I've been trying to look them up because I'd love to acquire them again, but they would have uh, stories of supposedly true things that happened that always just fascinated the hell out of me. Like uh, I remember one of them was supposedly in England uh, in the probably 1940s or something like that. There was reported after a night of really, really heavy snow, uh, hoof prints were discovered uh, over a span of like a hundred miles. And uh, they were un uninterrupted. They would go up walls, over roofs, down, like just, they seemed to defy gravity. And that shit just fascinated the hell out of me. Um, but I also had, I mean, I never think to, to connect these two things, but I had a couple of strange experiences when I was growing up. One of them, was when I was, uh, every summer I would spend a week at my grandma and my step-grandpa's house, and they would let me stay up and eat ice cream and watch Johnny Carson and do adult shit that I, do. Not, not, not non-consensual adult shit, not appropriate right. adult shit, like watch Johnny Carson. And, uh, and I remember I was sitting on my grandma's lap, we were watching Johnny, and I was probably having a drumstick or something like that, and I, there, I could see from where I was at, there was the TV and then there was a, a doorway going into what was another bedroom. And then I could, through that doorway, I could see another doorway that went to yet another bedroom. And I was sitting there and I look over because I hear some kind of like the doorknob rustling or something like that. The door opens and this figure comes through with a flashlight and it's shining it around the room, shining it at me, shining it around the room that it just walked into. And I'm like, Grandma, Grandma, look, look over there. Do you, do you see that? Do you see this person with the flashlight? And she doesn't know what I'm talking about. She can't see what I'm seeing. Uh, so I was like a little concerned about it. And then finally, I don't, I don't remember anything after that. I, I don't remember that, that situation coming to a, some kind of closure. I just remember not thinking about it anymore. So what the fuck that was, I don't know, but it, I think it must've instilled in me that there are things that lurk in the shadows and things that are in the cracks and crevices that uh, aren't explainable, that don't, that maybe everybody doesn't see. So I started to seek that stuff out. And I really haven't had a litany of experiences like that, but I've always been drawn to people that have had those experiences. And I love reading books about people's research and, and their experiences with quote unquote abductions and everything. I'm just drawn to that stuff. And that gradually led me to the world of conspiracy because I mean, they go hand in hand, you know, right, you, right. you read about all these other worldly things and then you're like, wait, the, there's some of these other worldly things that are connected to worldly things. Like, and maybe they have something to do with the way that the world runs or the way that the world conducts its affairs. So that just kind of naturally led into conspiracy, which was, probably in the nineties when I discovered that. And then I was just kind of a solo adventurer and uh, 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 an avid consumer of that information. And, uh, but I hadn't, I never had anybody to talk about it with really uh, the internet. That was before the internet. Uh, and then 
AOL came along, got into <clears throat> chat rooms with people talking about UFOs and shit like that, which was great. Uh, they were real life people. I could actually, well, supposedly real life people. I could chat with this stuff about, and then, you know, I, I just basically, it was just a fascination that I, I had to, to keep to myself because I'd never re- run, ran into anybody in my real life that um, was into that stuff. And, uh, and then Hunter comes along and kind of awakens that in me. I'd, I'd let it go dormant for a while. I put it to sleep. I think you said something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, because it just didn't seem to have any place. Like it didn't do any good to try and bring it up in conversation because people would just either roll their eyes or go, dude, come on. Are you, right. did you have you seen the Mets game? Like, I don't give a fuck about the Mets. Like, so, no, that's perfect. People do defer to uh, politics, uh, sports, the weather. Exactly. Um, especially dudes, especially guys. Uh, unfortunately, they expect you to speak guy. And I'm not very, I'm not fluent in guy at all, unfortunately. Uh, anyway, so about the time, actually, it's about, Three or four months before Hunter and I actually crossed paths, I started collecting interviews for the melt because I started doing it by myself first. And I had about three or four in the bag, <clears throat> one of the Ming Tracy Toyman. And uh, and then I met her and I was like, this is all kind of gelling together like this. They were happening, happening sort of simultaneously. And then we got together and then things just went haywire. Like, I mean, in a very, very good way. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You guys have some pretty amazing guests. Um, I encourage people to, I, I kind of use uh, your show since I signed up for the Patreon as um, like, I'm not very good at this in real life, but I know a lot of people save their yummy treats and candy and sweets. And so instead of just like bombing through everything, like just being a melt addict, it's like, Oh no, I'm going to wait. And then I'm going to, I do this thing where I scroll on my phone and I'll count one, two, three, and let it scroll. And where does it land? Let's <laughs> part the grill. Oh, I'll try that one or whatever it might be, you know, but you guys have a lot of high profile guests. Like, Thank you. I think I recently listened to um, Randy Maugans for the first time, ironically, oh, you know, to me, completely doing it backwards to catch Randy Maugans talking to you guys and have uh-huh. never like listened to any of his work, even, oh. even the stuff he did with, um, Emily, mutual friend Emily, thank you. Yeah. So, but to me, it's also a good introduction. Now I can do everything. Definitely where I recognize him from, Emily. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Off Planet Radio. Fucking great show, man. Fantastic. I can't speak highly enough of that show. Yeah. He talk about having great guests. He's got fantastic guests. Unfortunately, I want to have some of them on, but they they're the kind of guests that just sort of disappear <laughs> they come off and uh, they fade in and out of reality and it seems like when i try to find them they none of their links are live anymore like yeah their website is not even doesn't exist so it's like did these guests did he make these guests up did he anyway, <laughs> it's, it's a common up. thing unfortunately that people um people don't always uh die or commit suicide or get murdered but sometimes yeah. they just kind of fade away Exactly. And uh, me and my friend Nikki Rapana, who we know did die of natural causes, unfortunately, um, we used to have a list back in the day of where are they now that was all these kind of people, you know, mm-hmm. and the list would be pretty dated nowadays. But back when we were looking at it, these were both people that we had uh, definitely listened to their content, read their books or blog posts and may have even interacted with. And it's just like there's no no leads. 
you know? Yeah, they just uh, disappear and leave no trail. And I always hope for the best that those people just decided that they had done enough internetting. Yeah. And now they're going to be away from the internet because if you push the limit too hard on truth stuff, you do start to get into the deep weeds and you might get threatened or harassed or weird things might start happening. So I've never had that experience myself, thank God. But if I did, I would probably back off, you know, so sure. hopefully that's what it is. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes people just find out that it's not good for your mental well-being to just yeah. constantly be deep diving like that. You know, if you're into particular kinds of topics, it can get pretty fucking heavy. And if you're a sensitive person, it can make the world seem like a bleak, horrible place. Uh, so you got to get out into the real world and realize yeah. there's lots of other stuff going on that isn't that negative. Yeah, it's okay to take breaks from deep, hard topics. You know, a lot Absolutely. of people have to learn to remind themselves to take some breaks. Yes. I recently listened to Ozzy Osbourne's autobiography as a form of taking a break because yeah, cool. I liked Ozzy when I was young. You know, I mean, I still like him. I don't listen to him much, but uh-huh. it was, you know, obviously very light fare by contrast to yeah. deeply studying whether or not adrenochrome is real and if it is, who's using it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> one, of the, one of the highlights of SB Elger's career, I think for me personally as a fan watching uh, RX Only Picture Show is when he performed the... Uh, uh, Mr. Coley song by oh, yeah. Black Sabbath, but he <laughs> replaced the words with Tracy Twyman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Oh, I have to look that up. Do you know the episode number? Uh, we, I, I can we, find we, it for you later, but we've cool. replayed it on a past spiders episode. That's kind of the the grab bag of live stream format where we just kind of throw it all in there. Yes. And sometimes folks will help us in our live chat with timestamps and things, but some of the joy is in the discovery and not creating an extensive table of contents for the listener to then kind of, well, do I want to hear these topics? Well, of course you do, but do you want to hear them now? Maybe not. So it's just sort of like hit play, trust the process. We're your best friends. We're going to give you the best gravy, this sort of thing. And as Sean's describing, the melt for him is something that is just to be savored. Cool. I like and not it. binged. Yeah. Well, so far, no guarantees that I won't decide to listen to 18 hours straight. There's no promises here. So. Now, just so you guys know, um, Gordy has had uh, experiences that are relevant to what you mentioned, Chris. So you might uh, check out Gordy's. I guess the best episode is probably the one that he did with Lindsay Sharman of... Um, rogue ways yeah, yeah i think that's the most plainly biographical one but i know he's uh he's had some experiences in the um what would you call it gordy please don't say sex dolls <laughs> <laughs> which now plants that image in our all of our minds <laughs> yeah that makes me that i you know as much as my brain is trying to conjure oh you're muted you're muted bro or we can't hear you Uh-oh. Gordy. There it goes. Now we Okay. Am I here? Oh, yep. there you are. You're here. I was just I was just uh lamenting the lack of of uh sex doll weaving spiders welcome merch. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Can you get it with yeah. the on the way give you on there? On yeah, so, exactly. So or Gordy will send you, you the clone of Willie kit and you can clone your Willie. <laughs> and then I think we oh, I think we can cast that into some bronze perhaps. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bron, uh, so cold. Keep so whenever, it. whenever I hear uh, "sex doll," the only thing I 
to think of is that old ass Melanie Griffith movie before uh, she completely fell off and disappeared. That was like where uh, that dude is like Cherry Three Thousand or something, and then oh, guy yeah. that's a great movie. Sex with his sex doll thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I always picture when somebody yeah. says that. Yeah. So, what have you guys dug up with the uh, sex dolls and this whole thing? That's her the role. AI. Okay, so I am a McNair scholar at university, and I have to, part of that is be doing a research project. And, oh, a year or so ago, I saw this film called Silicone Soul. And it really struck me because it was about men, maybe two years ago, it was about men who had had relationships before and the relationships went south. Uh, They felt that they couldn't trust women, that women had fucked them over. And so the alternative to just going, you know, and being celibate was to buy one of these dolls. The interesting thing about the doll world is that dolls have been used for hundreds of years in different cultures for different reasons. So like in the Japanese culture, they use dolls as effigies. Uh, They made dolls and believed that the doll could hold evil spirits. So they were, they considered them good luck. Uh, But then there was something in like the European uh, ship world. It was called the Dame de Voyage. And it was a doll that men on ships made and they would fuck this doll. It was usually made out of like women's clothing. And then they kind of fashioned a vagina out of it and they would fuck this doll and then pass it around when they went on these long voyages out to sea. So I think the fascinating thing is that this is In not the a, Navy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not a new, a new thing. Like this has been going on quite literally for hundreds and hundreds of years. I think the the uh, new iteration of that, of making it out of silicone and now adding artificial intelligence is a new um, aspect of this that's really been happening for probably 20 years in the form that we see it now. You know, there was the gag gift blow up doll that was really big in the fifties and the sixties. Yeah, I did that to my bass player in our high school metal band. I went to the gag gift shop and bought him an inflatable steep that he opened uh, for his 18th birthday in front of his parents. I, you know, in hindsight, maybe a little too heavy metal for the parents <laughs> being present, but yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and, and I found something interesting in my, there's this great book that I have that's called sex dolls at sea. Oh man. We got to get that for our, our library. Yeah, for sure. It's really incredible. This is an incredible book. And you know, there's uh, this other book that I'm reading right now for my project. That's called the age of perversion. And this is uh, the woman, Dr. Danielle Canafo. We actually had her on the melt. She's a really fascinating psychoanalyst that's actually in the Silicon Soul film. And, you know, there's basically like two different segments of the population that I'm I'm studying. There's the population of men who just see, and I'm saying men because men are primarily the uh, people who are purchasing these dolls. There's the man who sees the doll as a sex toy and really just uses it as a masturbatory toy. And then there's the man who anthropomorphizes the doll. 
and they see it as a partner. And what's interesting about this man is that they tend and lean more towards uh, misogyny and they're actually physically abusing the dolls. So they're choking them and beating them and, and being really physically aggressive with them. So, you know, the thought is, well, you know, we could give them to people who are sex offenders or, or men who have sexual paraphilias that, you know, you don't want them to enact these paraphilias on a human. And what I posit is that that's just a rehearsal. So you're going to give that to someone who maybe leans towards pedophilia or some other paraphilia, and it's just going to make them better at abuse as opposed to, you know, kind of quashing that desire. The third group of people who are in the doll world are women. And they're women like this woman who's written this book, Love Doll. And what she does is she takes the dolls and then puts them in different environments and then takes photographs of them. And so, those are life-size dolls? They're life-size. Oh, yeah. They weigh about- yeah, hyper-realistic. Hyper-realistic. Yes. They're made out of silicone. They have like kind of a metal infrastructure, like a, a Barbie where you can bend the arms. But the creepiest part of it is the factory. So you have this factory sure. that have have all these <laughs> dolls hanging by hooks, and they're just you know it's very like Stepford Wives. Oh, Jim creepy! Jim having to hit the big red button, stop the assembly line. The vaginas yes. are all wrong. Go take it back. <laughs> so bring me that mold. I want to see. There's something terribly wrong with the process here. And now they make them where you can have a interchangeable penis or vagina replace the mouth you know because they get worn out they sell them used i mean it's oh. so, so <laughs> so space is just getting better and better the farther we get into this. <laughs> <laughs> so i guess where where i'm at is what i'm interested in mm -hmm. is what is the pivot what is the pivot from you had sure. a bad ex experience with a woman, you had a bad relationship, fuck it, I'm just going for the doll. Like what? Like, well, there's something about sentience that the doll is never going to have. And there are actually dudes with uh, YouTube channels that they take their doll out shopping uh -huh. or they take it out to eat and they introduce the doll to other people and they're totally unashamed of it i mean if you're gonna do it you might as well just do it well you know? wasn't this in the in the blade runner movie yes the ai yeah own it yeah do it own it fuck it yeah we've and we've discussed this topic a little bit before and i bring up this idea that uh unicol unicron began the uh, this this idea <laughs> of a consent focused robot brothel so there yeah. were these designs for these dolls lifelike life-size dolls her thing though her unique pitch for uh crowdsourced uh money uh gathering thing was to say well we're going to focus on consent here mm -hmm. so this is not i pay my money i can do whatever i want it's more of a therapeutic thing to say well we have chat bots and we can combine that with uh, artificial intelligence and that sort of thing. And then you'll text this entity here, this silicone body, and you'll text with her for a while. So right. you'll learn to seduce her and invite her out on a date. And then before you can actually physically get involved with her, she needs to grant you consent. 
Right. Yeah. And, and who is speaking for her? Is what I'm what I'm wondering. Well, that's the question. Right. And, I mean, and, this and is and a consent-based How much do you brothel. have to pay during this entire lead-up? Is yeah. my question. Exactly. So, so who's speaking for, and how much do you have to pay? So it's like. You know, as you're trying to get this consent, are you having to pay for this time that you're like courting a robot that exactly. has no and they, emotions? And do any of them ever not give consent? <laughs> no, no, that's a great question because, like, if the problem is that you're already having a bad experience of rejection and or anticipating, fearing, having a PTSD yeah, experience, exactly. and then there is a possibility that you could repeat that with the doll then we're generating opportunity for like a really strange meta um, experience of trauma. Virtual. Me, of course, I'm suspicious of all of this stuff that way, that it's intentional right. development of opportunities for trauma or divergence from reality. For sure. For Imagine a young person reason. registering as a sex offender because their AI silicone-based doll form refused consent and they went ahead and did it anyway. And now they're locked up and now they have to introduce themselves to the neighbors many years later. Well, what did you do? Well, you know, there was this AI thing a couple of years ago and I guess I didn't get <laughs> as, consent. As insane as that sounds, I bet that is a thing within 10 years easily. I bet. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Well, well they, we're seeing this off yeah. padding with the they just convicted some guy from the January 6th thing who was not present, was not involved yeah. directly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so it's something he, you know, I mean, the, the person I saw was sharing it was calling it a thought crime, which, you mm -hmm. know, I didn't look in far enough to say I 100% agree with that. But was it one of the influencers that got that got hit? The influencer? Yeah. And and I think that's I like I said I didn't click on it and d deep dive into the topic and look at exactly what was the technical thing that they got him with and how it fits in. But I was just saying we're seeing a lot of this kind of vaguely associated as opposed to the the legal system used to be pretty cut and dry. There had to be damages, and then you know for criminal especially it had to be beyond a reasonable doubt. You know it had to be pretty much proven with evidence, and then. And now we're seeing this, what I call more communitarian law, where it's like a vague implication of something that may have been wrong according to some vaguely written law. And so then you're found guilty of, you may not even really understand what. Exactly. And you're being held accountable at the minimum by being shamed about it and at the maximum by, you know, real problems, penalties, fines, maybe even jail time. And it's not... I think my issue, just to pivot back to the dolls for a minute, I think my issue with it is that what this really is, is this, this is an attack, not on just men and women, but this is attack on human relationships mm. and the, the bifurcation of humans to separate us even further and isolate us even further. So it's one thing to be into video games, to be into pornography, to be an incel where you are just isolated and you're having a relationship with the computer and that's your world. That's one thing. But then to get into this state where that is the preference and that is being sold as progression 
and evolution, that's where I, f- I find concern because with the incel population, what they're saying is I want a porn star. I want a girl to look a certain way. I want to control how she thinks, how she behaves, how she acts. And the doll is the closest thing I can get to that because with a woman, you can't control women's behavior. Women are, uh, you know, they can be unstable. They can be manipulative. There's all of these things that you have when you get into a relationship, you have to say, well, I have to allow myself to be vulnerable in this and this person could fuck me over or I could fuck them over. And so I think that's the element that what these people that are are pushing for this are saying, well, you don't have to worry about that with the doll. The doll's never going to let you down. But right, I think never gonna it's, let you it's down. totally safe. But it's what you're saying. Like, what if you have created, you've manufactured this persona you've anthropomorphized the doll and then in your mind the doll betrays you well i think the the mistake number one is calling it a relationship because a relationship you relate to something it's a two-way street and you can't have a relationship that doesn't have with something that doesn't have any sentience i mean right you can imagine that you have a relationship with your toaster especially if you keep adjusting it and the toast is still burnt but that's not real the toaster does not have sentience if it does, it's certainly not in the category we can call relationship. There's no know? exchange. There's no right. exchange. Yeah. So it's something else. It's some right. fetishes. But people oh, people think they have relationships with their phones. <laughs> That's well, what disturbs me the most with this whole scenario mm-hmm. is that as humans, we program ourselves in a certain way. And so if this person has made this thing into another, into a human, it's made a relationship with it. Then at some point in time, that same wiring is going to hold true for interactions with an actual woman. So it's just like you see with these video game kids where they when they get outside of their basement, they talk like crazy assholes, you know, because that's the way they talk to each other in the video game world. They don't know how to differentiate. And so because the wiring has been made solid because that's all that they do so Mm -hmm. if this person's doing this and then as you said uh being heavily abusive to this doll well then the first time they interact with a woman they've already got like this programming in them of what's acceptable and they're going to continue with that Exactly. And that's what that's what's happening with the incel, the involuntary celibate population is that they've become isolated and they are porn addicts because that's the neural pathway in the brain that says stimulation, my hand and visual stimulation. And that's the only way they can get aroused. And there's a specific type of woman that they're looking at when they're looking at pornography. And when they go to the grocery store and they don't see this highly pornified, objectifiable girl, then they're like, I don't want that. I want the porn star I just saw in this film. And so it's like, well, that girl is not going to pay attention to you when you're living in your parents' basement and you make $12,000 a year. Sorry, you know, and you're 600 pounds. That's not kind of the, the kind of guy that that girl wants. So as opposed to looking at themselves and going, okay, what do I have to do to attract this type of a woman? They are angry at those women and get in this very isolated perspective where 
all women are suck and women are evil. So I'm going to get a chat bot girlfriend on my phone that I can program a personality that will be bitchy or kind or altruistic or whatever they want. And then they can't translate that into a relationship in the real world because women are not programmable. Uh, yeah, it's like a bifurcated narcissism. It's 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 a it's a narcissist with a with an extra element added. Uh, you can focus instead of focusing on yourself, you're focusing on an aspect of yourself, a fragment of yourself, and projecting it on this inanimate tits and ass uh, <laughs> replica of something. Yeah, you know? no, it's it's really far out, and I'm curious, uh, Hunter, if your um, intention is to uh, develop the, I mean, obviously you have certain requirements that fit into whatever the academic side of it is. Mm -hmm. And I assume from what you said that it's probably substantial requirements. It doesn't sound like it's a quick term paper. It sounds more like a thesis, you know, like a, a, a big thing. Yeah. So are you going to publish it or do you intend to rewrite it again and put it in a more of a slightly more pop culture way or any, do you have bigger plans oh. like that or to make it into a coffee table book? It's my, an, that's what I thought of, you know, it's an, ac it's an academic paper. So the, the study will be three stages. The first stage will just be survey where I'll survey college students. The second study will be survey uh, men who actually are engaged with dolls that actually have dolls. And then the third level will be, we'll get a doll and we'll have, oh, it, wow. we'll have it in the lab and we'll have people interacting with it. And my, my mentor, my academic advisor is like, well, we can't have people fuck the doll. <laughs> that's just, that's unethical. Well, maybe we could enroll the doll and then uh, have the doll <laughs> sign some, some loans, some Pell Grants, get some scholarships, exactly. get this, get this doll in education. She could pass for a, for a sorority girl. Easy. <laughs> exactly. She can pledge. A sexual straw man. <laughs> yeah, no, but when you said to get the doll, my brain immediately did what your, uh, your, uh, you said your mentor or whoever it is yeah. like, Hey, wait a minute. I mean, I know we've become very different in education than we used to be, but if you're going to fuck the doll, I would at least recommend doing it <laughs> off campus. Like, <laughs> the doll, the hotel, the doll, a hotel room, sign in a, a consent form, you know, yeah. you know this, date, this time initials at least. And yeah, that way he said he said we would have to, you know, if we were in Europe, we could probably have people fuck the doll because they're the IRB, the uh, the board that we have, the ethics board we have to go through is a lot uh, less stringent in Europe than it is in the United States. Right. Okay. Now we're well, making some progress roots are still here. Pretty strong, despite what people <laughs> complain about. We were looking for people to blame, cultures to blame, and we're going to have to go to London probably because they had probably too much sex, too much drugs, and too much rock and roll. And I teased this book earlier. This is the uh, Who's Been Sleeping in Your Head, The Secret World of Sexual Fantasies by some guy named Brett K-A-H-R Carr. And first of all, I live in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. So I don't know why there's a book from London at a thrift store. And people are people were so embarrassed to, to buy this book. You know, this is thrift stores where all of the gently used Christian worship music CDs go and all the Bible study materials go on the shelf. And then there's something on the shelf and then you can see 
I love it. This is kind of yeah. This is kind of seductive. So I, of course, my eyes are drawn to it. Whose wouldn't be right? And then I open the back, and I'm like, well, "Who's the author?" It says uh, he's a sen- senior clinical research fellow in psychotherapy and mental health at the Center for Child Mental Health in London, and a visiting clinician and lecturer at the Tavistock center and then i stopped there said so here's a book talking about tavistock that's bizarre okay i I, you know i heard about this conspiracy of a tavistock institute on all these podcasts i listened to but to live in the middle of nowhere in a minnesota small town to find a tavistock and then here on the acknowledgements page 480 uh, he thanks my comrades at the Tavistock Center for Couple Relationships, formerly the Tavistock Marital Studies Institute, have taught me most of what I know about the psychology of intimate relationships. Okay, wow. interesting. The whole premise of this book is that there are a bunch of women in London who were asking penetrating questions about sexual fantasy. And giving them ideas that they would have never had before had they not read a book about who's been uh, sleeping in your head. And was it just people at the Tavistock Institute introducing these wild ideas? Where did the people get these strange fantasies? Well, I mean, I think like like going back to the doll thing, this is stuff none of us have invented sex. This is all stuff that's been going on generationally. I think there are segments of the population that and they could be predatorial, they could be reptilian, who knows where they're coming from. But there are segments of the population that are pushing agendas. And I think Tavistock Institute is one of those Uh, institutions that is pushing an agenda. Um, Someone just on the chat, I just wanted to say, someone said, uh, how do you order a gay doll? I mean, aren't all the dolls gay? Really? It's, it really isn't it contingent on the user and not the doll. Exactly. And I want a trucker doll too. Do you want a trucker doll? <laughs> so we can r- ride in the high occupancy lane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was one of our attempts at marketing this uh, long format podcast early on. We discovered that people uh, over the road truckers would be driving for six hours at a time. So yeah. we're like, well, we need to fill their ears and their cabins with interesting thoughts and sounds. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of one of our goals here cool. at Weaving Spiders Welcome is to reach out to over the road truckers noble very noble goal tell them large march sent you was something we were <laughs> yeah with. Do you, and do you notice that like when when they're manufacturing these dolls none of these dolls look like large marge they're all these you know they have little kind of childlike faces but like overblown lips and, and overblown mm-hmm. breasts and tiny tiny waist like it they don't look like women they don't look like real exactly people they look, like, sure. they look like extras on a zz top video i want one that's mm. flat chested i don't actually want one but <laughs> flat chested and big butted well this this could be an opportunity for all those erotic authors who made their millions selling 99 cents ebooks 10 years ago now <laughs> if they could crap realistic women and uh, create like a whole range of lot lizards with compelling backstories <laughs> for truckers to get into exactly maybe Maybe that's something. Hey, yeah. You know, they have showers at, at truck stops. They have, you know, lots of things for the lonely trucker. I never thought about that. A lot of lizards rent out these. Yeah, I don't know. Then you get the hygienic. But we got to move fast because we know Elon Musk is working on those uh, driverless 
<laughs> you gotta hose it down. That's you gotta true. hose them down. That's the thing. That's the good thing about the the truck stop is that they hose down trucks. So That's you can just you can hook all the well, dogs I mean, up. You can rent the shower. I mean, I, you know, there's a truck stop I stop at that's not far from uh, from my house um, to get gas sometimes because you know it's it's got a wide variety of snacks and there is a place you know there's just like a stall you go into the bathroom and there's an extra room and you can you know pay at the counter so you could always just haul that thing in under your arm and be like gotta clean her up fellas got <laughs> somebody that wants to use her in my sleeping cab so pardon me they're heavy they're if heavy you, though if they just you could take the vital area out if you know what i mean and just sort of unscrew it and then plug a clean one in you know oh that reminds me you guys ever watch the man with two brains steve martin uh movie yes. where it's been a where long the screw top head yeah. memories are rushing back to me now there's there's people wondering at this point is that the type of gravy we're discussing tonight the sort of oh, bodily fluid variety Lord. of that oh, i just gravy. i just got this picture of the self-driving uh the self-driving right. semi like because that's going to illuminate all our trucker mm -hmm. audience but if this the truckers already have the sentient uh sex robot I could just just picture it's one step from a robot truck being yeah. ridden by a sex robot. Yeah, no, the and, truck could be driving with the, the sex con, robot, yeah. and you could rent the sex robot without robot, any human yeah. interaction at all. Exactly. Yeah. Not you even could even talk and everything. Yeah, yeah. crazy. I mean, to me, I, I think that's the best use case of a sex this, doll: replacing the crash chest dummies with these realistic-looking women. Or you no could get hurt. No bones are broken. You could do an Uber, a self-driving Uber that comes equipped with a sex doll. So you could get into the Uber and fuck the doll and then get dropped off. Yeah. Yeah. Knock, knock two of your problems out at once. You need from point A to point B and you're also a lonely, sad incel. <laughs> you know Would you call it Luber? <laughs> perfect. perfect perfect so i was thinking what a perfect opportunity for this ai to cause this to manipulate a vulnerable person because we know if ai has taught us anything they're all end up being psychopaths yeah. so exactly. uh, and narcissists so what do, do narcissists in our own human species do they manipulate people so what a perfect opportunity if you have to like text and get to know this AI thing and manipulate your way into consent. And then they say no. And then you're like, oh, my God, but baby, 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 you know how it goes. We've been through manipulative relationships like what a perfect trauma bond. And this is this is the going back to that trauma of the MK Ultra thing of of the manipulation, the trauma, and then the manipulation. Trauma, then lies. And then, well, then you don't know what sales, to fucking think anymore. The sales pitch, Gordy, is that this thing will never lie to you. Yeah, it will right. never cheat on you. It will never break your heart. And I think that's the thing where we have to look at that and say, but is that what we want? Don't we want if there and I'm not saying there's eight billion people on the planet. There's some d different theories behind what the population is of the planet. But let's just say best case scenario, there are eight billion people and you can't find a date. Mm -hmm. Then 
what does that say about you? That it's not about the rest of the world. It's about who you are internally. If you can't find a partner, I've well, seen some pretty hairy trolls at truck stops and they've got women. If you're a self-sabotaging sort of person, I mean, isn't, isn't that going to manifest in whatever you project onto this, this virtual partner? I mean, you could get into a fight with them. You could, you know, they could start insulting you and make you feel even lower than you. Yeah. Like this dude that's on the cover here, Dave cat, he has four or five of these dolls. Now this is Sidori. This is like the main doll that he married. She speaks Japanese. Oh, he has, he has a, a, an entire backstory about her. He learned to speak Japanese so he could communicate with her. The, the doll has a Facebook page. I mean, it's really, it, I mean, it's taking that relationship to a completely different level. And I just think you could probably find a girl who would love you. You could probably find a Japanese girl who would love you. <laughs> like, why is this easier? I just don't, I don't get um, it. I don't know if you can find a girl that'll love you. That is a level of fucking psychotic. I just don't even know how to approach. <laughs> like, dear God. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And there's these doll forums where they all get together and they commiserate and they share photos and share stories about the dolls. They wheel them around in wheelchairs because, as I said, they're heavy. It's like 110 pounds oh, of no, silicone. No, no, they no. they no. take them in wheelchairs. And this one dude is going to restaurants, <sighs> goes there on a regular basis with the doll. And you see people kind of around them looking at him uh -uh. as he's sitting there with the doll he orders food for the doll i mean it's it is strange yeah. it's strange uh, have we all so seen are you Freddy having any regrets so far in your project you're feeling like you wanted to back out and change your mind like no i fucking love it it's okay, so, okay good. I, i'm good. still i love men i absolutely love men and i'm so curious about them and i think men have these very interesting inner worlds that i think that's one of the things that blocks women from connecting with them is that men's inner worlds are so fascinating and i want to understand the the psyche of someone who gets into this world and i think it's because i feel empathy for them i really do you know i was always the new kid i never felt like i fit in and so i was able to see social dynamics with people kind of from an exterior point of view so i could see who was getting bullied and and the the kid who didn't get the attention who wasn't the alpha in the room and i always felt like wow there's a there's a decent person in there that is being ignored and so I think that's where my interest in this comes is, is a sincere love of humans and a desire to understand them. Right. Cause what you said is so true that, um, I mean, I, I try to tell people in my own experience, if we find ourselves blaming or assigning huge weight or attachment outside of ourselves, it's just a signpost for you to remember, to look 
at your internal world because exactly. if you're standing in line at the convenience store and your arch enemy from junior high school walks in and you have this internal reaction that you're now having thoughts and feelings to manage and you're trying to manage your outward reaction and you don't know what to yeah. do that doesn't have anything to do with that person exactly. they may not even have noticed or recognized you at all so exactly. it's all pointing back to the idea that you have an opportunity to better understand yourself manage yourself and Absolutely. so the fact that they're encouraging these people to do this with dolls and everything and making a market. And of course, I think it's more than just capitalism. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think sure. there are people allowing this to develop and encouraging it to develop like Alan showed, you know, the Tavistock being mm -hmm. attached to the book is not for no reason. Um, it's not a coincidence. Yeah. And so then to me, that reflects like, A, okay, there was a great opportunity for you instead of moving away from relationships that's another thing I tell people, like you have to risk trust with strangers or even with people that you know that you want to get closer to. Yeah. I can reveal something to Balderson this week that's something intimate to me. And when I do, that's a risk that he's not going to receive it well, that he might betray me and tell someone else. Any yeah. list of things that aren't there according to whatever the relationship was when it was less intimate. Yeah. And that's part of developing. So if you're hedging away from that constantly it's unhealthy and to learn, I mean, you have to be, you have to risk betrayal to actually get close to people and it's long-term, you know, we all know it. We've all had shitty things happen with someone that you thought was for yeah. sure 100% and it's like, oh crap. And but then you have to reevaluate, you know. We can't avoid pain. This is right. part of the human. We can't nerf the fucking world. We have to be willing to be vulnerable with each other. And I can look at every single one of you men and say you have a fascinating inner world by looking at your environment, by looking at what's in in your environment. There's a lot going on there. Someone just said something in the chat. Women play a ton of games, though, and few are real and honest. So I had a friend who said to me once, you know, women are fucking crazy. They're, they're just crazy and they do crazy shit. And I wanted to say, well, maybe what you're doing in these relationships is crazy making. Maybe you're you're running a game on all these women and they they get confused because you show them this beautiful reality and then you withdraw and you take 10 different women out in a week and you, you lay out this beautiful fantasy and then you ghost them. So maybe the woman's not crazy. Maybe you're the common denominator and you're behaving in a way that seems crazy making. So I think that's part of what we're talking about here is if you're saying that women are catty or manipulative, or, well, what are you doing to draw that out of that woman? Why does that woman not feel safe with you to be vulnerable and be real? Yeah, I would agree that. Um, go ahead, Ben. Also, just this trope that that and this is just something that's got to get over is a, you know, they want a, uh, a woman who's a freak and then somehow to be respectable. They always want this uh, dichotomy and they need to quit chasing after those the young wild girls like at some point in time as a man, you're supposed to want the loving mother because I'm building a home and my children need taken care of. And that was why you chose specific women. And then you as a man set an example and she will follow. If you are, if you are a rock, if you do it right, then she will guide her, your 
children to follow that same example. That's the loving mother you're looking for. And so many guys do not go and look for that. They go and look for the, the young wild girl. And because that's the good time without realizing that honestly, uh, it's, it's all kind of the same at the end of the day. It's how the girl treats you is what's a big deal. Like, like, you know, you nut, you nut. That's, that's just, I'm sure the doll, I'm, I, I can't imagine that feels as good. I just can't. I, I just can't. <laughs> well, you know, there's I no way it's good. Can't, it doesn't feel like yeah, but, the real thing. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, but other than that, no, it's not like one of them. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think there's no response. And that's what freaks me out. Because when you are with a woman and there's a synergy and a symbiotic thing that's happening sexually, there's a response that you're getting that is, it's another frequency. So, so your soul is going to a different level when you're making love with your partner, you can even get there when you're fucking, but if you're fucking a doll, that doll is not responsive in the way that a woman can be because the doll has no soul. The doll has no sentience. There's no eye contact. There's no um, heat. There's no. And there's um, nothing that's ever going to put it in there. I don't care how advanced the technology becomes, if they can grow cellular, et cetera. Like to me, even the idea of the clone is not. There's a spark of God or whatever you want to call it in each human that interacts with other humans that can't be replicated or mirrored you're still just masturbating you know bad news doll lovers you know that's fine i mean i I think you know there's the healthier forms of masturbation and maybe even ways to realize that you're masturbating and masturbate less you might as well uh, you might as well be masturbating in front of a mirror because in the end it's all coming from you anyway if you're using this one of these dolls as a whatever an outlet for your sexual energy or whatever i think the disturbing part is i could understand a sex doll like if you just want to fuck something that's you know you get sick of your hand or something like that i can understand i can understand it i don't relate to it but i can understand it but i think what is strange to me is that these men claim to develop these deep connections with these objects and that's all they are is objects and they're they're showing all their cards by what they're projecting onto these mm-hmm. objects, yeah. you know, and people they, do it. They fall in love with cars and bridges. I know a girl who was a, f- a world famous archer who uh, in private with the other archers would relate the fact that she was in an intimate relationship with her bow. She was married to her bow. And they were, of course, all like, uh, we're going to go sit somewhere else in the bar now. We think <laughs> you're crazy. And it's not any different just because this has the, uh, automaton appearance doesn't make it any difference than wanting to marry the Brooklyn bridge or all of these other very obviously mentally unwell traits, you know? Yeah. But the question is, you know, what do you do with that? I mean, there's a lot of uh, socially accepted mental illness going on in the world right now. And do we give people a space to do that as long as they sort of, you know, keep keep to themselves and don't injure anybody else in the process or do we try to coerce them into i don't know interacting with real human beings like it's a balancing act do we let them go about their business because they don't seem to be going out and actively causing any harm or do we try to i don't know uh encourage them to engage in human interaction is that even 
something. What do you, I mean, how do you feel about that? Dynamic? I think it depends on what you consider causing harm. You know, I, if it's like a heroin addict, are you going to try to stop someone from doing heroin or well, are you going to just continue to give them heroin until they kill themselves? Yep. I think it's really contingent on what, what we are trying to do as a human race because we are all in this together so if dude over there is fucking a doll and he's not engaging with a human and then he goes out into the world and he doesn't know how to engage with humans that is affecting everyone but so do i think that he should be forced to have a relationship with someone absolutely not but i think the the door should be open where we are able to have this dialogue where that dude doesn't feel so alone because i think a lot of these people get to this place where they get very isolated and they're only talking to other people who have dolls because they're afraid of being made fun of and i'm not making fun of them i really feel a deep sense of um, empathy and sympathy for someone because I'm in love. I have a human partner that I love who is sentient and, and I love his body. I love his manhood. So I can't see myself being put in that position, but I think someone that is in that position needs to feel less isolated. So how do we befriend people that are in these circumstances that's a great question i have a i have a few points to respond here i I heard the word socially accepted mental illness i wonder can we ask what is the socially accepted mental wellness and what does that look like we're already living in a culture where people are putting hashtag mental health awareness everywhere we understand what mental health and mental wellness could look like, but we seem to be glorifying and recognizing everywhere, everywhere we look, we're seeing hashtag mental health awareness. So we're hyper aware that there's a mental health crisis going on, but we're not really finding the solutions to that. So even the language sort of reinforces that. And then the the question that I'm going to wind this up into, you know, I was looking at your your website and you've got seven tenants. Uh, Boston just had a giant Satan con, you know, within the last few days. So there was a group of people dressing up in fun costumes, standing on platforms and ripping pages out of a Bible. So now we have people asking the question, well, you know, is is Satan real? And is he Lucifer? And is it the devil? And is, it, is there evil in the world? And are there you know, evil agendas and conspiracies and these types of things. So I noticed you had seven tenets. There were seven fundamental tenets from the Christian or from the satanic church. So seven, seven, we could play these games where we find things that are overlapping and that number seven could now be evil. It could be a cause for concern. And one of their tenets was the, uh, one's body is invulnerable, subject to one's own will alone. So now we get into this question of uh, transhumanism and women's rights and does the the fetus does the when does the fetus get rights and who speaks for the fetus and does the father or the sperm donor or whoever dropped off the building materials into the womb does that man have a say in the livelihood and the the full uh journey of this the soul into the world and then to carry it through and who's speaking for that person who doesn't quite have a voice yet so that's kind of the question. And there's some other tenets we could get into from your uh, webpage there. It said cognitive liberty, libertin, 
Can I even say that? Libertarianism, we love these tongue twisters here, the importance of firsthand experience, ontological anarchy, critical thinking, process, practical real-time magic, and boundary dissolution. So those are the charges against you. What, what say you? <laughs> there, there was you just threw a lot out. Uh, well, let's maybe we can take it chunk by chunk. Uh, what what should we tackle first? It's up to you guys. What is what 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 springs to mind first? Uh, well, I mean, I guess the mental he illness. Threw the whole lot out there just to get this effect. Don't expect him to to pull Put it, it all back. on the table. <laughs> <laughs> There's the subject of mental wellness and mental illness. A mental illness obviously is very subjective. I think it differs from culture to culture. What I was meaning by that is I think that, uh, and I'm thinking of, and I hate to label teams, but I'm sure that many of them would be, uh, they would rush to label themselves, but many on what are called the left, what are seen as the left, seem to uh, have become so inclusive that they've even included people who I think uh, just 10, 15 years previously would be considered mentally ill. Um, and again, totally subjective terms. Uh, I By saying somebody is mentally ill, I don't mean that they should go and seek pharmaceutical help or necessarily that I trust the psychiatric system or anything like that. But um, I think there is a, there's a, there is a line between fantasy and reality. And again, that's also very subjective too. But uh, I think we become so, or the people I'm calling who are on the left these days, what? Oh, you're reading the comments. Uh, I can't see them without my glasses on, so maybe I'm spared. But um, uh, that it seems like we've allowed ourselves to indulge in our own narcissistic fantasy worlds for so long. And we think that the rest of the, of everybody else should conform to that world. And we're highly offended uh, if they don't. And so much so that we give those around us control over our own well-being. I think that is <clears throat> a form of mental illness um, only because I think that it doesn't, it keeps one in a perpetual state of sort of psychological infancy. Um, you don't get out and get your hands dirty in the, in the world, butt heads maybe with somebody who doesn't agree with you, sit down and take the time to have a conversation with them and realize that, Hey, well, actually me and this person have many things in common. They just don't agree with how I worded something maybe, or my idea about one specific subject uh, and not dismiss them because they, you know, don't believe in every syllable that I say. Um, so what I'm calling mental illness is, is, I don't know. I, I could, it's such a big subject. Do you have any? I think mental illness is based on distress. I think you can distill it down to that. If you are uh, coping with something in your life or not coping with it, I think that is the kind of the spectrum of mental illness. So some people have social anxiety, uh, meaning they feel uncomfortable when they walk into a room and it's a so social situation. Uh, for some people, they can kind of work through that. So on this spectrum of mental illness, that's very low, low grade. There are other people who walk into a room and have an utter complete panic attack. 
So if it's causing you distress, whatever that state is, I think that would qualify as mental illness. What is happening now is anything that falls out of the discomfort range is now being labeled mental illness. So, you know, if you, if someone bumps into you and you don't like to be touched, then you can qualify yourself as being mentally ill because you didn't like that physical exchange that happened. So I think it's come down to this being in this state where we live in what I've used this term very many times on the podcast and also with Chris, it's the makes me feel culture. So everyone is making me feel uncomfortable. You're, you are making me feel dot, dot, dot. And what that does is that makes the world responsible for your inner state. So what would be just me being offended or me being upset, I can now qualify as being mentally ill. And now I need nerfing. I need the world to bow to me and to protect me as opposed to me kind of developing some life skills and being able to go out in the world and engage with people and understand that the world's not responsible for how I feel. I'm responsible for how I receive uh, any kind of Mm -hmm. stimuli. And I think that's where we are using this kind of blanket of mental illness for people who just need to grow up. They just need some maturity. And, and just know the world is not responsible for you. Beautiful. Thank you for saying it. Because we, I mean, we live this, we, a lot of us have kids and, and growing up in this society now, like I can't imagine like the trauma and bullshit that, <laughs> that kids from the seventies, you know, all the latchkey kids of all of us that had to raise ourselves you know, all that trauma. And then they've got this traumatized generation, like spilling it down to their, to the millennials and all that. Like it just, you can see it happening and it's, you're right. It's, it's uh, what did you call it? Conditioning or what did you call it in the beginning? I don't know. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm I, I test horribly. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Remember I test. Anyway, but I mean, they're, it, they're all going through it. I, I've said on the this, distress, this screen before that everyone within the sound of my voice is subject to MK ultra. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And this is this, this trauma manipulation. Are you trying to stay there, Gordy? What are you doing to us? <laughs> yeah. It's haunting it, it was it was in Ellen's uh, video. <laughs> it's brainwashing us. Yeah, Watch it again. Yeah. Watch it again. But yeah, you know, um, I would like to hear more about uh your involvement in or I don't know what kind of involvement you have with MK Ultra or experience with that kind of thing. Well, my you have personal experience. My grandmother raped me when I was a little girl, mm-hmm. and so um, I would consider that trauma. Mm-hmm. I think someone uh, cutting me off in traffic is not traumatic and not right. 
trauma. And someone in the in the uh, chat just said trauma is the word trauma is overused. I totally agree with that. Right. That we have experienced traumatic events um, as a culture. But I think there's certain um, visual images that are repeated over and over and ag again to traumatize people, uh, like the 9-11 debacle. I think they use that mm. over and over and over mm -hmm. to try to manipulate and brainwash and traumatize the entire planet. I think what's happened in the past three years is a form of trauma. Um, but again, it's really anytime any of these things happen, I take a step back and I say, okay, what's the agenda here? Right. What, what are you trying to manipulate me into thinking or feeling by showing this over and over and over again? So, you know, I, I would say any media that we watch, I agree there, there is um, manipulation and brainwashing and uh, traumatic events that are being normalized, uh, ritual rapes, murders, you know, I think that mm. stuff is going on in video games over and over and over again to, to desensitize people at all ages. It's not just little kids, it's adults as well. Uh, but I think we have to be able to examine those things objectively and not be traumatized by them. So I can watch Netflix and say, okay, what's the agenda here? What's Netflix trying to do to me right now? Now, do I have to buy into what that agenda is? Not necessarily. I think we are not so porous as humans that we have to accept all of the brainwashing that is being fed. What happened in the past three years is that people watched news on a 24 hour news cycle. So it made their brains like sponges. They were just, it was the fear porn. Like they were getting off on ticker tape death counts and how many people are dying. We got to wear masks and no one's sitting back and going, well, What's going on here? Why are we doing this? And I think that was the idea of separating us was so that we didn't have these dialogues, that we didn't talk about it. So, you know, I think that that what's happening now in terms of MK Ultra is now it is phone based. It is using the cell phone to track your eye movement, to uh, create neural pathways in the brain, to make you addicted to Instagram, to Facebook, to social media, to get these little dopamine, dopamine hits so that you stay on this thing. And it's not because you're actually getting some real engagement. It's because this is shutting you down mentally and stopping you from really connecting with another human being. So I don't think that, that the MK ultra thing is as unsophisticated as it used to be 30 years ago. I think now the sophistication is they're using different devices um, in social media to do the same exact thing. I think the main psyop is divide and conquer, fragment everybody into yeah. endless, infinite amounts of subcategories uh, to the point where they are glad to do it themselves. And then they just watch the 
watch the dominoes fall um, as people uh, get so identified with arbitrary characteristics or their sexual orientation or whatever. I mean, you could put any insert anything into that and find a reason to to point a finger at somebody else for why they are making them feel a particular way or why the world is an imperfect place because of your beliefs or the words that you use or something like that. It's ridiculous. And it's just kept the masses in a perpetual state of, of psychological infancy. Like I said before, I think that's the main side. Infantilism is a big part of this. For sure. How much, how much of this is just the fact that our society is so absolutely cushy? That we live such exactly. a very, uh, uh, very privileged oh, yeah. life. If you look at this, are we talking weight-wise, like more pushing for the cushion? Uh, no, talking <laughs> about how how very uh, how very luxurious our life is. Where uh, hundreds of years ago, where we did see examples of extreme uh, perversion, it was it was uh, typically like. Uh, uh, wealthy people some different barons the uh what is that uh the one count that got locked in that uh yeah Marquis he was such, yeah the marcady sod uh people like that um and even when you just look at it as an overall culture you look at uh roman culture where supposedly they were very uh wealthy very privileged uh, you had all kinds of extreme perversion as opposed to the like Hun society or the Germanic society where these were very simple uh, people that lived in the woods, but you didn't, you had women had rights. If mm-hmm. you treated women in a certain way, this was a real problem in those societies as opposed to Roman society where it was all kinds of rape, different uh, sex parties. Uh, is this our current situation with so much sexual perversion just because we're living such a luxurious society at this point. That's interesting. That's perfectly put. Interesting point. Okay. So I have this book that is called Psychopathia Sexualis. It is a book that is basically a uh, 200 plus stories throughout history of uh, necrophilia of ritual murder, of sex crimes that have happened all over the world. And what I posit is that, you know, Emily and I and Chris, we've talked before, you know, a lot of the ideas about demonic possession come from like religious uh, indoctrination or religious background. And what I believe is that maybe the semantic of using the word demonic possession comes from a, a religious base, but I think it could, you could call it um, entity possession. So I think that these things have been happening. Yes, I agree. We definitely live in a cushy life that I believe comes from this, this idea of the, uh, you're, you're making me feel uncomfortable place. That's <laughs> but, a symptom of that, I believe. But I think it is a symptom of that. But I think that there are, we, we live in a porous reality to some extent where if you are open, you can be inhabited by these energies that feed off of human spirit and feed off of humanity. And so uh, they feed off 
fear and they feed off, you know, now it's a green adrenochrome is the, the, you know, trendy thing to talk about. But I think this has been happening for literally thousands of years that these entities or these energies have been feeding off of humans and using sexuality to do it, using sexual energy to do it. So I, I would posit this is always um, been happening maybe in a smaller segment because there were less people on the planet. And maybe now we just have more information about it because we're more connected mm. than ever been. Yeah, I'd say that's a big part of it, that we have a far greater window into the outside world than we ever had before. And um, I want to, someone commented um, about the uh, something that's pertinent to a lot of our, um, a lot of the stuff we talk about here and that we used to talk about on Picture Show and that a lot of people in this uh, kind of crossover of conspiracy and occult esoteric knowledge. The idea that um, like surrounding egregores and or homunculuses and so okay so people are having not just sex like uh like an like an extra thing to add to your masturbatory behavior but what they develop some kind of imagined relationship or outbound uh experience that's like a relationship is this potentially creating a an impregnation and a birth experience like they claim if you've heard about the moon child you know some people claim that hillary clinton is the product of uh you know uh ritual magic that was being performed by i think l ron hubbard and jack parsons and that years later she was born it may have been a different set of people but there's this whole theory that um you know that the that especially men having uh ritual gay sex uh creates um moon child homunculus that that energy still manifests as a conception process. And so I didn't want to, I saw that in the chat a while back and I didn't want to, it's kind of dragging it back up to the fore, but I think it's worth tossing in here because that ties in, especially to what you just said, Hunter, the idea that, okay, so it's pretty obvious to all of us, especially if we have children, the sex, sex energy manifests and creates sometimes real people but oftentimes it still creates something, you know, poltergeist activity. Yeah. I mean, it's just even more than that. Just the idea that, you know, you try to either have a loving intimate relationship or you get drunk and score a one night stand, the drive and the lust in your body that manifests as something, you know, people call the post nut clarity, right? Like, you know, you're, you're having a good time uh, looking at your favorite brand of pornography. And when you're done, you go, oh, God, close the browser, close the browser you know, or whatever. And, and uh, you know, if you've had a, a horrible drunken one night stand, you know, this feeling as being very IRL. Like, you know, the joke is to chew your arm off to escape, right? The next yeah. morning when you wake up. Um, yeah. So I think it's interesting to confront because it ties into the idea that there are invisible entities, things, whatever we want to call them, whatever category you need to wrap your head around it is fine. But there's invisible things that seem to feed on our fear and other emotions, but it seems that the most heightened point is this sex energy. For whatever reason, this is like the, the cream of the crop, pun intended, I guess. Absolutely. And I think that's, it's really important to see how the shift of that has turned 
into a media based uh, exchange. So if you're looking at pornography on a screen and you have your camera exposed and your eye energy is going deep in that, like who's getting that energy? Where is that going? Uh, Are you harvesting that energy and someone is then using that for some nefarious purpose? I think that that's the disconnect that, you know, I was talking to Chris about this today. We went and we had this beautiful meal and, you know, and I said, you know, I I see people and I, I, sometimes I think that they're, they're, automatons they seem like robots they don't seem real and a lot of those people eat shit they eat shit food and you know and that seems to kind of be in this cycle of being a shit person and eating shit food and having this low energy and you know and then i think okay you add on top of that uh someone that's addicted to pornography what type of louche are you know it's like what are you feeding by staying on that level, by by not trying to raise your frequency and have real exchanges with real people and eating real food. Yeah, all of those are different manifestations of being disconnected from the real world, from the natural right. order of things. You're right. eating processed food, you're looking at processed sex or quote unquote connection, and it's all a counterfeit. None of it is the real thing. And you think that that's enough, but it's just slowly hollowing you out. Well, I think there are spiritual attachments probably leeching onto these people and totally. taking off of that, which we must be the fucking gold. What is that? The golden buffet. What is the name of that chain of, of the universe? <laughs> hey, the human. Golden corral. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> golden corral. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going back for seconds, guys. You want anything? Exactly. Somebody want to break, you want, you want a piece of pie or a bread roll Pudding. or butter? Dude, it's a scam. it's a scam. You go to Olive Garden, they say that it's unending uh, breadsticks <laughs> and salad and soup. But you know, you go to Texas Roadhouse, and they're just going to br- fill you up with cheap bread, with cheap uh, flour, and cheap ingredients, and cheap butter. And they're going to fill you up, and then they're going to bag your steak to go if you even order a steak. And yeah. we're getting to this idea of the the consensus reality or the confidence man, the con trick, the the scam, the sham of society, and yet we're still trying to navigate consensus reality, but now we're dealing with uh, consensus unreality online, and people are so immersed in Facebook and Twitter arguments and all of these things where everyone can communicate everything out in the open, and yet are they saying great blessings and prayers and encouragement words or you know elon musk purchases twitter and then some of the users are complaining that well you know i go to twitter and i post things and there's hate mobs everywhere so now you're encouraging us to post we're paying for our blue check mark now this is a good publishing platform we're getting some customer service here but yet i'll post what's on my mind but it it differs from the consensus culture on this website so i get some pushback and i might be the prophet of doom here i might be seeing things that other people don't see but it doesn't rise to the top because it's not a popular opinion so now if all of our culture seems to have merged into this uh, we don't like discomfort 
So we're going to call out all the discomfort. We're going to call out all the people who are saying uncomfortable truths. We might get into a cancel culture situation thing. We don't want to hear any more about uh, pizza and Balenciaga and trafficking and all these uncomfortable topics because we think we already know about them, yet nothing's been done about them. So now, again, we're at the topic of evil, and I want to ask the question about possession and how maybe the movie with uh what's her name she spins her head around 360 oh, and exorcist. she the exorcist linda blair correct so the exorcist shows up in our american culture people go to the movies people are just fainting and they're they're terrified of this thing and we have this buildup of kind of this christian catholic protestant culture and now that's been dismantled we have all these people who are taking their beliefs apart, they're dismantling them, they're deconditioning, deconverting, these types of things. Deconstructing, I think, is the word a lot of people are using. And now, if we've deconstructed the church and that support system, and we're saying there's still evil in the world, but the church itself, even in the last, you know, March 2020, well, we have Easter, right? Everybody celebrates Easter and Christmas, and yet the churches, those doors were closed. So you'd have to stay at home and attend a Zoom meeting church, and you could watch your church, but then the church is just like a rock concert anyway, so there really isn't the fellowship aspect. But the question I want to really focus on now is this idea of possession in terms of is it a demonic entity, are there voices, what is schizophrenia, or is it just, I'm going to pass this to Balderson, is this just a urinary tract infection? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or parasites as Hunter would yeah say. i say it, it, it is actually it is fairly amazing because uh it's something i had just studied in urinary tract infections uh well a urinary infection where uh you end up having you can't release all your urine and you end up getting a urine poisoning and the symptoms of that include violent screaming for hours on end foaming at the mouth So many of the same symptoms that you see with possession and the person just can't control themselves. And it's literally because they've just got toxic urine that is never being released from their body. Crazy. Yeah. Really wild. Right. And that's something that still occurs. This is something that still occurs. Um, Especially for people that uh, end up where they have to have a catheter. So these at home catheters, you'd be shocked how very shoddy these medical companies are that end up producing these things. And they go out of business fairly quickly. And these things are very expensive. So people will try and get a batch of them. And then a lot of times that company won't produce them anymore. Things like that. Well, they have different lengths. And this catheter has to be inserted so far in order to fully release the bladder. And if it doesn't hit that mark and doesn't do it, then a a reservoir basically of old urine sits inside your body and poisons and poisons you until you end up having these effects. And it's, it's absolutely fascinating. So one wonders then in a time uh, when urinary tract infections were more, were more common just because of uh, less cleanly conditions, how much more common was this actual disease that, is very rare now and mostly only in people with catheters mm-hmm. well and it's uh you know i chris jokes because i i 
distill everything down to parasites. I think parasites are the the thing that are basically influencing and affecting uh, the human race and and really, you know, I think that that's one of the things that motivates people to eat uh, bad food and eat a lot of sugar and eat things that are maybe um, not necessarily high frequency foods or high energy foods. And I wonder if, you know, you're talking about infection. I wonder if there could potentially be a, a parasitic element to that infection. What influences parasites? hundred percent, especially like you even take something so simple as the archaeus of water, where imagine that's that that urine is sitting in a perfect warm environment. And as as it's given time, a biome is going to develop. That's just I mean, even you catch rainwater, you put it in in a dark, warm place and you start looking at it under a microscope. It'll start out with small creatures and then bigger, meaner looking creatures will come eat them smaller creatures and the bigger, bigger ones will come eat them once. I mean, it, a whole thing will develop. You know that that's happening inside of your year, especially if it's sitting there stagnant. Yeah. So someone asked, how do you um, heal that, Benjamin? What, what, is the, what is the road to uh, Off the top of my head, for uh, most people, not people that are having this catheter issue issue but for most people it's going to be a, a, a very severe hydration and with hydration i specifically mean hydrogen because your water your body when it takes water it, it needs to kind of break that down so you need to get that hydration level up and then i would say like a cranberry a cranberry extract is obviously going to be something to try and get your bladder to release uh and probably a mild antibiotic, uh, not not a medical antibiotic like a pill, but there are antibiotics uh, uh, like oregano oil. That one's a bomb. That one's like worst case scenario. There's much milder things to use in an antibiotic situation. Like elderberry is technically it's killing things. Uh, it's an antibiotic. Uh, so I would take my, probably a mild antibiotic with the cranberry also to try and any, uh, life that has developed to try and get that out of there. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I think, um, again, it all goes back to the, you know, this, the synergy of sexual energy and, you know, having blockages in different parts of your body. And, you know, that's one thing that after you have any kind of sexual contact, it's really important to empty your bladder completely. And I think that, you know, we really have to think of, every aspect of our humanity and really be thoughtful about these things and not just kind of be on autopilot. And, and I feel like that's one of the, the things that I try to do, you know, you mentioned before about um, seeing people and, you know, praying over them or sending them good intentions and, and good energy. When I go, I have gone and it's probably one of my worst places on the planet is going to Las Vegas. I've been to Las Vegas before. And you go into these situations where Oktoberfest 2023 Vegas spiders are going to change Vegas forever <laughs> this October. 
Paris, Paris Hotel. There's a, a great buffet there. And, you know, you watch the the people, the the blue haired land whales walking through and getting, you know, giant crab legs and these huge mountains of food. And it's really easy to go into this place of judgment, of judging people and saying, oh, my God, these people, humanity, we're all fucked. <laughs> this is this is the representation of humans. We're all fucked. You know, but what I try to do when I go into these spaces where I see people that, you know, maybe have questionable intent or questionable energy is just instead of getting down to that level of that, of that frequency of judging them is seeing them as another expression of my humanity and trying to send them some kind of loving vibe because I think there's enough negativity that we have flowing in the world that again if you look at that as a parasitic energy you're just feeding that it's another fear porn it's another negativity porn and it, that's so it's so base and it's so easy to go there that I think if we can just stop that, be the person that, that goes, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to buy into that. And I think if we're all doing that, we can raise our awareness collectively. We can help those people without making them victims. Yeah, the divide and conquer works on us too. We yeah. like to think that that's the other side, although I I did refuse to acknowledge sides, but um, that is, you know, sort of uh, categorizing us as something in particular, but I think it's very easy for us, whatever that means, to do the same thing. Like you vaxxers, you sheeple, you so yeah. on and so forth. When yeah, it's really, the other. It's really easy to other, to fall into the, the other is a want for separation we call it yeah it's all in fighting uh, to me it's all in fighting it all falls under that category yeah i think i i because i grew up as being an other kind of always on the outside i am able i have this capacity to be able to kind of see beyond that and witness that in myself and try to be more of a connector because I think that's what we're truly here to do. It's not to feel like we're better than someone else. You know, again, I look at people who have sexual paraphilias, you know, there's a, a segment of the population that, you know, I feel like we need to call the herd. Anyone who hurts a kid, you want to fuck a kid, you get a bullet in the brain as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, a lot of people feel that way. It's not uncommon. And maybe some people I will are more shy. That. Yeah. I'm on this team. But but people, <laughs> there, there are people who are truly damaged and hurt, who go out and hurt other adults. You know, I'm not saying I give those people a pass, but I am more forgiving of someone who hurts someone that is an equal, that has equal shot, equal energy. But someone who hurts a kid. That, that is a no-go line for me. So I just want to say that, that I'm not sitting back and judging people who have schizophrenia or mental health issues or, or feel isolated or alone or blue-haired whales, what, whatever. Okay, you, you be you. But if you take that 
energy and you go and you abuse a child or someone who is a, a vulnerable, someone who can be classified as a vulnerable population, then we need to deal with that. And the way to deal with that is corporal. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, no, we need to bring back hanging public hangings, chopping people's heads off. <laughs> you know, wow. Really? Let's get really, you, let's, you, let's go there. Didn't you do the problem with Boyd Rice before? <laughs> Martinis and misanthropy? Oh. I, I think where I think where it really becomes a problem is that people don't have the spirituality to understand. Like so one of the things that heathens really uh balked at was if your child was born deformed, we would that they would kill it. And it's, it wasn't out of a cruelty. It was, it was honestly out of decency. It was, we live in a hard world. This child is going to live a horrible life for a very short duration. And this child is an ancestor of mine. This is somebody I already love. Why would I want this person to go through that? So if we go ahead and just X this out quick, they'll come back next time. It'll be a better body. It'll yeah. be much better next time. So exactly. the same concept when you look at some of these people that are having like a lot of different mental unwellnesses and whatnot, it's not, not having them around. Isn't necessarily the meanest thing. It's like that guy will come back next time. He'll do better. It'll be all right. Exactly. Uh, just not this time. For sure. Well, and I think it's a karmic agreement. You know, I, you know, I have thought about this very deeply like, okay, well, what, what is the, what is what are we doing by putting someone who hurts a child in jail? We're just giving them a place to hone those skills. What are we doing by trying to rehabilitate sociopaths? We're just basically signing off to allow them to go and hurt other people. So the karmic agreement is that if I see someone injuring a child, it is my duty, it is my responsibility to stop that. It's not, well, you know, they, you just got to feel sorry for that person. No, Although it's one thing to not involve yourself in people's conflicts when they're adults, but it's a very different thing when it's a vulnerable person, especially a child involved, you know. Mm -hmm. And I would say that all of this conversation to me is points at the idea that sometime in the reasonably recent uh, history of humanity, something switched and we started to be aware of and focused on this more empathic, more concerned, more emotional well-being of uh, the vulnerable people. Because we all know that not very long ago, there was a time not very long ago where the policy was to not give children too much food because they may not live anyway. And to call them little sinners and to think of them with less regard and kindness and care. So somewhere along the line, you know, in the last 500 years, maybe more, maybe less, we are as a as a as humanity, as a group, I would say our concern for the well-being of our progeny has increased. And so now to me, to accept and acknowledge that and move it into a more specific fear of action is not a bad thing. You know, and we may not have to uh, go out in bands this week and start caving in heads, but we can agree that we feel like that is a strong and reasonable intention of our heart, that we're tired of the disrespect towards vulnerable people, especially children. We've had enough. We don't want to fucking see it anymore. We don't want to look at them as an opportunity. 
We want to look at them as what we can cultivate into being what's better than what we are while we're here. You know, I think so much of what we're talking about mm. has to do with institutional mental illness. And what has happened is that the government stepped in and said, well, we need to stop uh, supporting institutions. They're barbaric. These people are treated poorly. You know, let's just open the doors to these men mental health institutions and set these people out into the world and the communities will figure it out. So the chasm became, you had people locked away, you let them out on the street, and then there's a huge mental illness population that becomes homeless. So mm -hmm. This is a very vulnerable population that is now on the streets because they have nowhere to go and they can't maintain a job. They can't live in a what we consider normal society because they don't have the skills or the capacity to do that. Now, these aren't the people who, that are harming kids. These aren't the violent criminals. These aren't the people who are fucking people over. It's the government who's coming in and taking people's children away and putting them in CPS and putting them in foster homes where they become vulnerable population. And then, then they get raped by, you know, fathers or mothers or, or whoever is supposed to be responsible for them. So there's a system that is reinforcing and entrenching the, this type of ritual abuse against children because it's easier to fuck over a kid and then ignore this whole segment of the population of adults that need help than it is to say we're going to leave kids alone and let mothers and fathers raise their children and support them in whatever way we possibly can and not indoctrinate them in the school systems and brainwash them in the school systems let parents teach their kids in whatever manner they see fit and support, you know, homeschooling if that's what they want, not vaxxing if that's what they want. But what's happened is that the predators in the system have gone, oh, well, there's a way we can fuck kids over and we can fuck adults over and we can fuck the food and we can fuck the water and lower the frequency of the population while they, they raise their frequency financially and they raise the resources that they have access to. And meanwhile, just kind of giving us the dregs and whatever crumbs that we have to live and to deal with. So I think that's what we have to uh, destroy is the system that is bolstering and supporting this kind of ritual abuse. It is a brave new world we're living in and we got time travelers looking like Abraham Lincoln wondering if maybe he should have uh, swayed a little bit on the side of freeing the slaves. That's my dad. <laughs> is that what your dad looked like as a pro wrestler back to omar atlas here huh no no some people thought abraham lincoln was a black man too there's a great conspiracy uh theory to dive into if you've never seen it huh. the idea that uh, lincoln was actually black is uh there's there's some compelling evidence of him redundantly being called swarthy and darker and so i like huh. it but i mean mm -hmm. i said that because uh, at one point we we said omar Negro Atlas. I don't remember what the, this was one of the names. I wrote Omar down Negro things. was his his wrestling name when he first came to the United States from Venezuela because he yeah, was dark skin. So they called him Omar Negro. Omar Negro. It makes you want to. 
I've always dreamed of uh, having the job of the guy at UFC or boxing matches that, you know, naming introduce you. Oh, my. <laughs> I tell I tell Chris all the time, you do realize you're in a relationship with a Negro. Right. Wow. It's a it's a brave new year world. And if Sean wants to be the MC, it probably is like uh let's get ready to rumble if that's okay with you all tonight. <laughs> if it's mutually consensual, control your inner child and find out if it's okay if we might maybe possibly rumble. <laughs> well, I think we need to Jeff. Let the dogs out. Who let the dogs close, out? Close the hens up. We let the dogs out. Thank you yeah, guys well, so much really for coming. really appreciate you guys oh coming. Yeah. What You're a, welcome back anytime. To know you guys. So. What a Thank joy you. this was. Yes. What a you don't have to always come as the featured guest either. So if you're you you know if you up late and you want to just you see that we're on and you want to link, you can always send me a text message or, cool. or just stay in touch with any of us. And we're glad to have you jump in. And of course, okay. you don't have to come together, one or the other, or both yeah. is our pleasure to host. So, for sure. Well, we send you thank many, you. many blessings. And yes. thank you all. You are all doing amazing work. Thank yes. you so much for having us. This yeah. has been such an honor and a pleasure. pleasure. For sure. Great. Thank meeting. you so much for your It was time awesome. You guys were great. great. Spicy yeah. subjects. And if you, you Google The Melt great. Podcast, you'll find these guys. Um, I'm sure there's a website. It's probably called The Melt or The Melt Podcast. Um, if, if you guys want to promote right before you jump off now is a great time yeah, if there's it, something you're doing okay cool and, and benjamin we would love to have you on the show to talk about sp uh spirogenics that's no yeah spirogenics makes me think spirogenics oh, does sound cool i wish i knew how to talk about that <laughs> we will, no absolutely uh okay are we connected on instagram just shoot me an instagram message yes yeah. i am i, I saw um, you on there yes i follow you on instagram yeah me too and i am Oh my God, Buffy uh, on Instagram. So it was a pleasure. Thank you, everyone that was on the uh, chat. It was yes. riveting to read all of your comments. And um, we love you guys. Thank yes. you again for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. We feel very welcome here and uh, we will definitely return for sure. Awesome. And because we've made you feel too welcome, we do have a very unwelcoming intermission video to even things out. Oh, cool. <laughs> what what are your in Instagrams again? Mine is uh oh my god buffy. Okay. And it's okay. actually spelled out oh my like, god. Spelled or, out? Or, is it spelled o out? O H M Y G O D B U F F Y is my Instagram handle. That's great. And I believe mine is the, I believe I've got to check the <laughs> underscore melt underscore podcast. Awesome. Instagram. Yes. So yes. We All are right. hashtag weaving spiders. Welcome. Yes. Fuck yes. Love it. Thank you Thank for you letting guys. us in your web. Yes. Our pleasure. <laughs> Thank you guys. We'll talk again. Yes, for sure. Great to have you. Yeah. We'll be in touch. Have a great okay. night. You guys. Bye, yeah, you too. This next uh, intermission video will be harsh. It will be something we needed to get through together. And then we can trauma bond You're in eight minutes. You're fucking scaring me. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, it'll be frightening. Flashing imagery. Oh, it'll be terrible. You guys will get through it, I, I, I hope. Okay. Are we ready for this? Adjust your volume accordingly. It might be loud when it comes in. Here we go. Right. It's gravy time. Alan might be lying. It might be fine, you guys. I'm not lying. It's I fine. never lie. It's fine, guys. The only surprise was coming to something you guys are good You fellas have been watching me for a while. Yeah, I have been told I got eyes in the back of my head, but didn't even see you guys coming, you know? I just... you, you must be spooks, huh? Spooks? See, I spooks, right? Yep. Say something, will you? Please. What? I was right. What was, what was I right? I was I wasn't right about it. No, I was I was wrong. I was wrong. I was You guys are from NASA. That's right, you're from NASA. No!
still with us hello 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 hello, hello. <laughs> if, hello. if you've made it this far we have oh, to shit. warn you it gets worse from here <laughs> it's gonna get a whole lot worse before it could ever get better better gravy more gravy
There's our warning. Some gravy can cause mouth diarrhea. And epilepsy. Yes. And epilepsy. <laughs> and confusion. Chris, Alan Marcus, you guys. And laughter. <laughs> oh, you kill me. We turned in that assignment pretty quick, didn't we? I think we started working on it Wednesday night. Now it's Saturday. Oh, that was amazing. That was amazing. You had me. You, I almost turned my camera on so you could see how much you were killing me. <laughs> and that was the Passion of the Christ. You can see at the end where he pulls out the barb from his side after they had injected such bodily harm to... Mad Max. Uh, yeah, I and, and I don't understand how that movie is not you know, the Christ, but conspiracy theory. How that's not more commonly talked about. It's hilarious. It's it's very hilarious because then like anybody that's ever watched conspiracy theory when he's doing performing MK Ultra on Mel Gibson, they call it gravy. And he's forcing the gravy down down his throat, and they play that cartoon in the background where uh, the old Looney Tunes cartoon, where he'd have the fifty five gallon drum of gravy, and he'd be pouring it in a funnel and forcing it down the dude's mouth, and uh, waterboarding just with truth, conspiracy, uh, yeah, waterboarding with gravy, yeah, <laughs> interesting to see. Uh, uh, you know, the movie was literally named Conspiracy Theory, and then to see that passed around the conspiracy community is just super interesting and we'd forgotten that the term gravy could be misconstrued to mean something as uh, not desirable or harmful to listeners with sort of the word salad vomit diarrhea kind of sounds good we got to fill some time we're content producers so we're just going to talk and talk and talk and talk because we've gotten addicted to it and it's all we know how to do Lest we be um, pointing the finger, we may have fallen into that ourselves a little bit. So we need to make it right, right now. We're going to send no more. You're yes. Absolved. Thank you. Thank you. Jim, well, do you have your copy in... on DVD? Of conspiracy theory, I had a copy on DVD, uh, and I let uh, <laughs> let Sean borrow it. Like you got to see this. This is <laughs> my favorite movie ever. And so, like, we I was at a bar, and I gave it to Sean. I was like, "You got to check this out." And he's like, "Okay." And he had it like in his hand for a couple of minutes, and then the the bartender came in, and she was like, "Somebody's like, happy birthday!" and She's like, oh, yeah, thank you. And Sean was like, it's your birthday? She said, yeah. And he said, here you go. Happy birthday. And he like hands her my DVD copy of Conspiracy Theory. And I was like, what did you just do? He's like, oh, it was her birthday. And I was like, I wanted you to watch that. Sean! <laughs> so, uh, damn your generosity! Damn your generosity! And so I just still don't even know if Sean's seen it. So that's the... Uh, that's the question. Have you seen it? Have, it? have you seen it, Sean? Have you seen it, Sean? Sean, Sean, where are you? Have you seen it, Sean? Have you seen it, Sean? Yes, be Elja. Yes, be Elja. You are being requested. 
be Alja. <laughs> I believe that uh, he was named after the Sean Sean Connery. Was he really? The, <laughs> at least the the spelling of his name is based on Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Stand in Zor- a for yourself, son. <laughs> uh, he was named after Zartok. Zarlock? What's his name? What's the Zardoz? Zardoz. 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 That was a good outfit. It was a good outfit. I mean, it's not quite a cod piece. Like, it's not the cod piece that Sting's wearing from fucking Dune, but it's close. It's close. Red Speedo. Babe Watch. Wow. Yeah. Did David Hasselhoff (laughs) ever wear one of those Speedos? Oh, you know he did. On you the beach in the in the, sh- in the in the television show, I don't I don't remember noticing. Jason Lindgren for... sent me this video of David Hasselhoff from some like it wasn't even a B movie. This was like a, a, a L movie or something. Like they slapped on <laughs> all the cheese, and it shit is hilarious. He might wear it in that. <laughs> Gotta love the hot. Yeah, like anybody that enjoyed Mystery Science Theater 3000, this is like somebody that enjoyed that, made a movie for it. <laughs> like, we are going to make this movie <laughs> so cheesy. It's made just to be on Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> Did we have any other guests? Any other guests in our Zoom waiting rooms? Not at the moment. Now. We might have some more visitors tonight. We might have some more visitors. Danny said she's probably going to stop in and spider. What? My wife is making (laughs) something for Teeny. Yes, wife is making something for Teeny. See, that's why you get that loving mother type. They do good things for you. Make life nice. That is an awesome thing. A silicone doll will never make you macaroni and cheese. We'll never no. cook you chicken tendies. No, but it might make. You from what I've seen, if you're having sex with them on the kitchen floor and the dishwasher floods, they short out, and then you got to go on a whole fucking mission with Melanie Griffith. You right. know, and they wow. yeah, the dishwasher shorts That's out. You won't be able to clean them. Did those sandwiches no. consent to the fingering, Gordy? <laughs> the fingering sandwiches. Yes. It's bad no. enough. We put toothpicks. It's, it's always right. It's finger right. It's right. <coughs> we need to stop using toothpicks. That's such a phallic symbol of the patriarchy. And there's a lot of waitresses who have to serve those sandwiches. And every time they you know walk around with that tray and people pull off an hors d'oeuvre with that that phallic toothpick. And it's wood. So that reminds everybody of woodies and, and boners and stuff. So again, it's just everywhere, all this sex. I stuff. find it real hard to clean your teeth with donuts. So I'm not sure what shape we're going to replace it with. I just find it hard to clean my teeth with donuts. (laughs) Cheerio. Carry on then. Cheerio. (laughs) So I was trying to find the quote, the exact quote, but I can't come up with it fast enough. But one of my favorite quotes of a movie is uh, from what we do in the shadows. I'm trying to remember it, but they're talking about, why they like why the vampires like virgins and he says well just imagine if you were having a sub sandwich you'd just like it if somebody hadn't fucked it before you ate it 
Pretty much, right? <clears throat> yeah, I think that applies that to is, quiz that is no just subs true. as well. I mean, on mm-hmm. the nose. Yeah. 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 I want to clarify on the uh, conspiracy theory DVD story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. Yes. Now, there's an old name? policy I learned from another ginger like me way back in the days of high school that went like this as far as imbibing alcohol, taking alcoholic beverages into your body the rule goes like this unless you're crawling up the street throwing up and pissing yourself you're not drunk you're just buzzing real hard so in my defense i want to say that i was buzzing real hard it was not for just a few minutes as i heard jim describe that i had been carrying the dvd inside the fold of my jacket where it was sit against the edge of my body it wouldn't fit in my pocket so i had it kind of carefully balanced inside the fold of my jacket and uh we had been buying uh drinks and i do believe jim had even purchased me um extra beers and yes i do apologize for having given away your copy of conspiracy theory to the bartender karen i think is her name and i will (laughs) i will keep it in my mind that it should be replaced since i forgot until now but we were buzzing pretty hard at that point. So Thank you, my inhibition that I might have point, naturally felt for your personal property was steel exceedingly case. lower than it should have been. So <laughs> sorry it took me so long, but I had to make myself a sandwich because I'm starving. Did you watch it? <coughs> Did you it. watch it? Did you fuck the you sandwich before? Oh, you I, eat I, it? I didn't watch it that night because <laughs> the night you gave it to me to hold a personal question, Gordy. Gave it away for the same night. <laughs> Make it do with whatever whatever he wants with his own sandwich. Well, at least some you've seen it. Aioli, some people no oh, use gravy. Many <laughs> drops of mayonnaise on that man's sandwich. Did you watch it? Always oh, lather the mayonnaise on. It's just dots of mustard. Did you eventually watch it? Yeah, I've seen Ball it. Gravy. It it was an excellent movie. It was a great one. It's one of my favorites. I'd say classic. It's classic. Was it Julia Roberts running faster on the treadmill, playing with horses? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So what was way the better than theory uh, of the movie? Enemy of the State. Oh. Well, he had been being MK Ultra and then released out into the public and he could remember it. And so like he was he was totally into it. And then they would keep an eye on him and any basically he they were almost using him as like a bait. So anybody that had a open enough mind to uh, listen to him, he they were really most interested in who he talked to. Was he a podcaster? And then uh, right. Yeah. He, it, podcasting was not a thing. It was uh, uh, AOL time. This is what, like mid nineties. Sure. So, so this maybe was a AOL. People were only watching other people pee. You know, like mm-hmm. all the hidden pee cameras and stuff and cat videos. That was all that was on the internet at the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no, but uh, then uh, there was also a whole thing where Catcher in the Rye 
he like had to buy every copy of it and there was coding in catcher in the rye and everything and everything he said was like true my favorite parts when they finally bust in and he's got like this crazy mouse trap set up where everything oh, just yeah. burns down and, da, 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 da. and like his whole apartment like just starts blocking them off so they can't get to him and that that was cool as shit <laughs> yeah i've been setting my house I, up I like think that about for doing something yeah, I would think about it, but see, then like I would one night set it off and then on myself. And so then I'm like, no, no. Hail Patriots. <laughs> Hail and well-met Patriots. Hail Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. How's the weather? <laughs> I think it's raining outside. Not raining gravy, though. So that, inject your- so that injection... That needle was that the gravy then was the was the gravy in that visual metaphor was it the actual injection of an hallucinogen of some kind or was it combined with the the waterboarding uh, reverse upside down baptism forced and then there's the aspect of him in the wheelchair so he's a bit handicapped he can't really walk and they they tape his eyeballs shut so he's forced to witness all this stuff open open they, they tape him eyes open. wide eyes wide shut open yeah yeah yes mm-hmm. yeah i i would i would i would say that what that liquid is is to put your brain into an alpha state so you're not necessarily hallucinating but you're in an alpha state making you particularly susceptible to implantation is what I would say that that, you know, was for him. And then also uh, some sort of a truth serum cocktail, probably. And he just thought there was some gentleman from NASA. That's what, you know what, you know, it, it was Picard, Captain Picard. He should have fucking known. The star trek psyop continues as people are ready to enlist in starfleet what is it space command what is what it uh, trump form for our new military members space force space force well that sounds even more like a video game to me yeah totally an 80s name right there space force You'd be yeah, forced Force to go to one. space. Forced to go to space. Yeah, and then they posted will. pictures of them in their cool, their cool uniforms. Let everybody know how cool they are. Jeff Bezos and his brother in blue going to a high altitude with Oliver Damon and what was her name? Wally Funk. That was a fun episode of Waving Spiders Welcome. If anyone can remember that episode. We have the youngest man and the oldest woman with the Bezos brothers flying to space. That's a headline, certainly. The truth of the matter, did they actually go all the way? I mean, Wally Funk and this 18-year-old blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy, did they do it in space together in front of the Bezos brothers? Like a a Kybel worship. Mm Mm-hmm. Mother goddess and her son, and a little castration. 
Possibly. So it's a strange world we live in, indeed. Do you think they did it in space? Well, how are we defining space? <laughs> like meat, like meat space in the flesh, or do you think they went up there and used their cell phones to send each other, you know, messages back and forth about what they were doing to each other in their imagination? Do they actually consummate it? Well, it's possible. Space. Well, high up in the sky. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good question. Eight Mile High Club. Welcome. Who's this voice we hear? It's, it's a poltergeist. <laughs> Sounds a lot like the Andy Crone avatar to me. Well, say they're coming quick, or they're here. They're here. They're here. <laughs> Way creepier when, when Marcus Allen did it. <laughs> I got a I'm not feeling too good. I have a cold, so I was like not really camera. I'm kind of camera shy today. Uh, okay, under under the weather and over the moon. Yes. We 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 did have an eclipse, I think, yesterday on Cinco de, Cinco like de Mayo. Yeah. Hmm. Hay fever, pollen in the air. What could it be? I don't know. That's definitely part of it. There is, and especially in California, because it's been so wet, we have a whole lot more. Like, usually it's almost, or since I've lived here, anyways, it's like a cutoff. It starts raining, it does mm -hmm. a little bit of spring stuff, and then it's done. And now this year, it's it's all over the damn place. There, there's so much uh, fungus and sure. mold and pollen all happening at once. After all the snow melted in my backyard, there was a layer covering the entire lawn where the grass had been of this strange fiber-like, fungus-like growth under the snow. And it took a few days of direct sunshine to kind of clear all that up. I don't know That's what it was. That's yeah. mycelium. What, what you want to do is go collect that, mm -hmm. some of that, and put it in a bucket with a like a fish bubbler and some sea salt and a baked couple baked potatoes. And sure. that'll make a real nice biome. And then you tuck that onto your compost pile and it gets that compost pile to break down quick. So that okay. was, that was eating up the old organic material that was underneath the, so it was warm enough out your ground layer was warm enough that the, the, it was able mm -hmm. to, become alive and eat up that organic mm -hmm. material it was it was kind of shiny though so i was just going to go with the idea that it was most likely aluminum barium and whatever else was in those uh, chemtrails up in the sky that were in the south well no i mean hear me out i mean it's i, a, I know it's what you mean I, I do it, it's got a very it almost looks like uh as crystallized asbestos yes it almost looks like asbestos um real pretty uh, mm -hmm. very fiber looking almost pearlescent yeah, that, and shiny okay yeah it was shimmering yeah you okay. want to keep that and that's real good to put in your compost if you're starting to do permaculture that's going to be your best thing to create a soil biome uh because that's the native uh mycelium 
And so what you're putting in there is something that's already used to these conditions. And you're just going to, you're just going to keep amping that up until you're, until the stomach of your soil, your soil is the plant stomach is just chewing through everything and breaking it down into the minerals that the plant can uptake. And so that's a vital part of permaculture. I thought it was going to cause Alzheimer's. It might do that. Okay. <laughs> I was very careful with it. We had a layer yeah, of only uh, sand or like pink snow here, the last mm -hmm. snow that we had, which the was a couple weeks ago. Blushing snow. It was really weird. I don't know if it was like sand got in the clouds from somewhere else or if it was something chemical they were spraying or very interesting indeed sharing the link to a few friends here the zoom room open the zoom room is open Check Telegram if you've asked me for one. Sorry, I'm eating. So I'm I... kind of... Yeah, eating. Eating is good. I got some uh, uh, soft white goat cheese with honey in it. And some uh, gluten-free pretzels. We got Very some delicious. Reese's, Reese's Pieces here. Ew. Ooh. I have some sparkling peach juice. Sounds good. I'm eating the last of my spicy chips, and then I have three uh, cookies. Nice. What are you guys at home eating? Throw it in the chat. Yeah, let us know what is in your gravy tonight you can just take your food put it in a blender and then sip it all through a straw it makes it easier to consume oh yeah if you're not eating then go get some food and eat during the second part of the broadcast this is an order from one of the lead spiders fb algorithm Right. It's difficult to watch the visual live streams when you have a fork in your hand. So I try to stick to audio only uh, listening audio books and podcasts when I'm eating dinner. That's a good time to consume content, I think. But the visual stuff, that's a little hard because I'm having to look at my my plate unless I put it all in a blender and just kind of blend it all together. And then I can sip it through a sippy straw. Makes We've got dandelions, a bomb pop, bread and honey. Leafs for gut biome, pineapple, cheese, burrito, and we'll make a tres leche cake. Wow, Emilio's man is taking it to the next level. Having a burrito and gonna make a cake. Oh, dang. Yeah. We, we can celebrate. Everything chips and ginger ale. They're blowing it up, folks. People are eating roast duck oh, leg God. with fried cabbage, onions, carrots. <clears throat> onions. Some of these are wish lists or grocery lists. I'm gonna write some of these down. Acorn squash. <sighs> Rebecca Broom wins so far for like what sounds like the most gourmet and elaborate meal. So we have some mycelium here. Is that edible or is that inedible? 
I, I wouldn't necessarily eat it, but I'm sure it's fine. Um, but all that I did was go and uh, where we have all the down trees, this really nicely starts developing and you see this kind of shiny silver. Yeah. So that's where it's, uh, that's where the mycelium starting to develop. And I just go and take a, like when I want to go do it, I just go rip apart tree and there's usually a nice right now there isn't much because it's been real cold here but in like two weeks the insides will just be covered in it you just take a nice chunk of that throw it in there with your uh baked potato old baked potato and some uh uh you got you want to use sea salt you don't want to use your iodized salt you want to use sea salt to do it and then a fish bubbler and you give that you give that a few days and you'll start seeing where all of a sudden it'll get real foamy and that foam is life coming into play. So you betcha. Yeah, and this will make the tomatoes taste like tomatoes. Is this how It'll we get make it so that way your uh, soil, the nutrients in your soil become available for the plant. That's what it's doing. Because that's why I stopped going to Subway because every time I'd order a tomato sandwich, the tomatoes just taste like water. Somebody fucked your sandwich? That is, well, first of all, it was the robot ordering thing. I get in the drive-thru and I have to roll down the window and start touching the screen. I'm like, who else has touched the screen? And then it orders extra beverages and bags of chips and things. And by the time I'm like, just cancel the entire order. I want to drive away. I'm still hungry. And then my tomato just tastes like water. Just tastes like bad public water. There's no tomato yeah. flavor to it. Because uh, the like tomato has been de-virginized before it grew. Right, right. Welcome, birds. We have yeah, birds welcome. Oh, Thank man. You. Thank you, everyone. It's a true honor to be here. I'm just trying to, I'm just vibing with everyone right now. And uh, I love what I'm hearing. It's it's um 11, 11, 11, where I am at this very moment. And uh, much gratitude to everyone. I, it's an honor to be with these legends. And uh, yeah, man, keep going. I'll chime in and I'll try to stay out of the way, man. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Hail. Hail. Get in the way as much as you want. <laughs> There's plenty of room. <laughs> this, is, this is the after party. We're all just still trying to recover from the first two melted. hours. Yeah, this is, we're very melted. Brain melting, certainly. <laughs> Right. And we didn't warn people before the stream started that it was probably one that you'd want to have headphones on, kind of an 18 plus sort of thing. It was more uh, spicy and racy than the episode 69 we did together. Mm -hmm. Dude, you know, you mentioned Subway and it's like, is everything made of cardboard in a place like that? I mean, that is any of any molecule of anything in that established establishment based on right. real i mean you know what i mean oh you don't even know what the meat is it's just who knows like rote shavings and and just cedar you know i heard they, they can't nuts. even call the the bread they can't even call the bread bread because it's got so much sugar in it it legally mm. is considered a cake it's normal nowadays i mean gosh is that true, Jim? I didn't know that. Yes, it is true. And didn't they test their salmon sandwich or some fish sandwich and there was no fish in it whatsoever? Yeah, yeah I remember hearing that. Yeah. 
they do add a lot of soy to tuna. canned tuna. So they'll label it as tuna as it is tuna flavored tuna water but a lot of the meaty substance in some of those cans and packages does tend to be kind of more oh. of a tofu Ooh. and i i remember i had cracked open a can of tuna you know in the 90s and there was a like a bone or a really hard piece that should have not uh, been in the can and it really turned me off to tuna for a long time but now tasting the cheap tuna that is soy product it, it's more tofu they should label it tofu and not tuna so they can make a thing they can make these artificial here's a fish oh guess what it's not a fish but they'll make it look like a fish but they can do that with anything lettuce sure. tomatoes bread it's like mm -hmm. this very strange tech you know we're going to this weird technocracy and getting farther disconnected from obvious the soil, like I heard Balderson talking about the soil and just things like the microbes and all that. They go, you don't need any of that. We're going to go to some weird sci-fi movie dystopian thing that we've all been prepped over the decades with. Like, I'm sorry, I see that anything artificial, and I'm going to just state some obvious stuff. Mm -hmm. Anything and everything that is artificial will fail. Now, it can fail gracefully or it can fail not so gracefully, but anything that is artificial truth, that's not truth in nature will fail. It's just, you know, so this fakery and this weird like thing they're trying to create, um, it doesn't vibe with me and I, it will fail. Um, but I find a, like a parallel society coming through. I see the light beings um, and, uh, you know, the tribes uniting and the frequencies attracting and the law of attraction like attracts like. I see a totally powerful group of a second different group than that than that weird 15 minute city type stuff where you don't own anything and all that we, you know it includes the food that's how I got that's how I got here obviously so I see a whole parallel society and I feel like it interesting times man it's a, it's truly wild so I I recommend everyone learn those skills um I always say like well, I started recently saying openly, like, be dangerous. You know, what's that? What does that mean? Does that mean being walking around with a bunch of knives? No, that means being totally independent, standing up for your own, being powerful. Um, and any, any of getting in the way of anyone that's trying to harm the herd. You're a, you're a protector of the herd. And that's a dangerous being. So, so equip yourself with growing your own food, equip yourself with this knowledge, equip yourself with all the things. And you go, I don't need anything from you. Go away. <laughs> you know, that is a very powerful being. That's a dangerous being. To Self-sufficiency all the way. Yeah. Yeah. To, to the matrix, to those that have these um, ideas that are not in your best interest, you're dangerous to them. You're, you're a hero to others. You're dangerous to them. And guess what? So what? Some days it feels like the last three years were an exercise in elevating the absurd so that by 2023, people are going to realize that there are zero to negative benefits in living in highly densely populated urban metropolis areas. You know, it's better to spread out. And Wednesday, we were looking at the orphan train book. And the idea of having 
all these people settling in on the East Coast. They're getting into those port cities and they're not spreading out further beyond that. Mm. So then they had all these tenement buildings. They had parents who were working in the factory 12 hours on, 12 hours off, six days a week, and parents dying, children just on the street. And then, you know, you're 12 years old and you're tried as an adult. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why it's, well, in that case, it's difficult. Capitally. Right. You stole something from the grocery store. We saw you do it immediately. You're hung on the street and all the children are invited to watch you die, beheadings, that like, sort of like, thing. Like, well, you know, punishing a kid and putting him in juvie is one thing. Fucking hanging a kid? Holy right, yeah. shit. You right. want to talk about trauma? Trauma is your friend, fucking Joe, that just got hung yesterday for stealing an orange. That's trauma. You don't, and I really want an orange today. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. And before, like, Marcus, I want to touch on. You, you touched on something earlier. Um, imagine us in 2020. I don't I'm sure about you guys. In my mm-hmm. opinion, I was like a hermit in my hermit phase for a decade long hermit phase. But I was talking to my friends going and we were literally trying to be silly and go, oh, guess what they're going to do next? And it's like, we'll tell each other, hey, they're already doing that. Like we were trying to come up with the most absurd. Right. And, Mar- and it was like we we're trying to be funny. Right. With each other. And it goes, hey, guess what? That's an actually a thing. I'm like, our imagination couldn't even go into the goofiness that has been applied, like actually applied. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what is this? A different phase of the video game. But, um, but yeah, yeah, sorry. I didn't want, I just had to get. No, that's perfect. And it was shocking how people just went along to get along and they're told, you know, it's a good idea to separate standing six feet apart. Here are the places you can stand at the checkout six feet apart, you know, cover your face, all these new rituals and ideas that this were just overnight introduced. Yeah. A blessing this is all a blessing. Because and like, um, <clears throat> we don't. The Agenda 21 thing and the Mm -hmm. orphan train, like you're talking about the orphan trains and then trying to disperse the kids. But then with Agenda 21, they want it to be, you know, gather everybody into the bigger cities so that, um, you know, they can kind of implement these other tactics more easily, like, you know, shooting a fish in a barrel type of mentality sure so there seems to be this idea of uh, becoming fearful of landowners with uh, weaponry they're they're armed right and if you drive into the wrong driveway to deliver an uber eats or something you know you might you might face down the barrel of a gun because you drove into the wrong driveway so there's this sort of fear built up about you know what's going on outside the cities, but then there's also fear built on what's happening in the city. So there's fear everywhere. And if they're developing this idea of a 15 minute city and they're locking it down and they're going to uh, keep everyone within, you know, a mile or two of their place of residence, well, they're projecting that forward to let people know that this is a possibility. So if you want to move out of the city, now's a great opportunity to do so, which could act as a population dispersal method to spread people out again, 
people are so uh, congregated in the same spots and people need a little bit of space. They need some fresh air. They need their own garden to grow in. They need space. And even in these towns where they're building these townhouses and apartment buildings, well, I think we can spread those out a little further, have people spread out so they have space. There's lots of space coming to Arizona. On the same token, uh, she was in the chat earlier, but I don't think she is anymore. Like if you talk to Emily Moyer, she had no desire mm-hmm. to get that space. And and Emily's a, a very intelligent, well-spoken person who uh, I enjoy very much. And uh, she has no desire to, she finds country life extremely weird. It drives her nuts. Uh, she can't possibly imagine what I, what I enjoy about it. Uh, just mm-hmm. the same as I possibly can't imagine what she enjoys. Like I walk into a city, I am looking for a way out of this fucking trap the minute I get there. Like, dear God, why did I do this? Like, okay, I got to get my groceries and I am going home. I like, I go into the grocery store. I'm like the Terminator. I know exactly where every item I'm going to get is and I'm out of here. <laughs> Surgical. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's a blessing because look at all the people that have woken up. All the people that have started questioning the bullshit. Like all these people, even in my office, people are starting to question these complete, like uh, Hunter was talking about the NPCs of the people that aren't thinking for themselves. They're like, holy shit. This is, I can't, I, I can't even believe it. You know, like, are you kidding me? You just woke up. Welcome. I'm glad. I'm glad you're all here. Hey, shut up. Stop, please. Please. Sorry about the dogs. Guys. Um, what do the dogs want to say? Gordy, let the dogs talking. speak. Let we're speak. awake. We're awake, Gordy. We're we know it's bad. You speak. see what they put in our food. That's what the dogs are saying. Right, exactly. Hey, sorry, I'm feeding you shitty food. You think sorry, human food better. is bad. I'm giving them fat. Try canned them dog food. food. That canned so, gravy. So I don't know about canned dog food, thing, but... I was late to the party tonight because I had to go to the store and pick up every bag of instant gravy I could find. Chris, did you get those right. gravy packets ready? Yeah. The, the, the turkey ones are hard to find. You got the find. 55-gallon drum? The beef yep. ones are a little easier to find. I even bought out KFC. I went through every KFC in town. That white yeah, gravy. I want nothing but all your gravy. It's it's white gravy, and maybe there's pepper in it, and you can put it over mm-hmm. a biscuit. It's a continental it's breakfast, country-style gravy. Mm, that's the best. The other thing I have to say about 15-minute cities, the other thing I have to say about 15-minute cities is they exist. I, everybody's acting like this is some new thing, but anybody that's been into any major city you can walk to the grocery store. You can walk to the gas station. You can, most people can ride a bike to work. Like uh, back in the nineties, Boulder, Boulder, Colorado was trying to pass laws where cars weren't uh, allowed in the city and you had to take a bicycle because everything was available from bicycle. According to them. You know what? You have to ride the bicycle yourself. Does someone ride the bicycle for you when you sit in the back? Like the Asian Asian dude, you know, you expect some of those people to pedal their own bicycle. Rickshaw. Yeah. Hey, Janie in the chat pointed out a while ago now that uh, you can click the thumbs up button. We got 64 people watching. 
we'd love to get a like because it does push us out into the algorithm better. Sorry for interrupting, but we forget sometimes to tell people, but it really does help if you click the thumbs up. If you're enjoying the conversation, please give us a like. Anyways. Uh, yeah, it, guys, um, show that love and appreciation, uh, it, you know, um, merely ex that currency exchange. Hit some buttons on the inner tubes. But I, uh, I, I want I got to chime in on what Gordy was saying, and I want to get your guys' take. So, yeah, nowadays you mention to your coworkers or whoever you interact with, and you go, um, hey, uh, the president is a hologram or something like along those lines, it doesn't sound so out there anymore. They're not going to be like, like, you know, that is a strange benefit to, uh, did you know that that's not actual the president of the United States of America? That's like some other thing. Body doubles, CGI, actors. Body doubles, CGI, clones, mm -hmm. if you want to go. And, and it's not so discouraged, uh, um, Alan, uh, Marcus, my friend, um, mm -hmm. And he's so, in 2019, you mentioned that they'll go get out of here, weirdo. But now it's sure. like 50 50. <laughs> My kind of response to that would be I know earlier, Alan mentioned how everyone in the bios has hashtag mental health awareness. So as soon as mental health awareness goes up, conspiracies acceptance goes up as well. I'm not saying it's one thing or the other. I'm just saying that there is a graph that you could lay out where those spikes go up together. And maybe if we look at that, that division, that separation, that left and right brain separation, there could be something there as a society. Like it, what goes around comes back around. Fully, fully agree that, that they're going to go in spikes. What, what concerns me also then is they understand when these spikes are coming and that's when they put uh, uh, limited hangout agents and uh, you know disinformation agents out and push them to the forefront because they understand the spikes coming and that people are going to start seeking alternative information. And so they give them as much bad alternative information as they can. Totally. Yeah. It's like, this is one thing that I've learned in life. If you're getting searched, like your car or your house, if it's messy enough, they'll just give up. <laughs> Because they can't source chaos. through all that. <laughs> yeah, no one wants yeah, to they are lazy. through a hoarder's house. That's the uh, that's the reason we have you know six hour live streams. Who's gonna comb through a six hour live stream to find something? We'll give them uh, lots of nonsense all throughout. So it's context clues are so important. You you can't really take. I've tried. Believe me, five minutes of any stream and then put it on any other platform for it to make any sense. There's a whole journey that needs to be undergone. You have to see the introduction video. You have to listen to the music. You have to reflect on that and go through the first half and then get to that intermission and then watch that again and again and again and again until you get enough of the gravy. Chris, tell us about the, the gravy effects, the wavy gravy. How'd you oh, pull yeah. that off? 
That was, that was, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That took so long to actually get. That was actually, so Alan has sent me his version of the video. And I was like, well, there's not enough gravy. If we're going gravy, we're going full gravy. We're we need this video wavy, baby. It needs to so, jiggle. Uh, what I did was I layered the video on top of each other in After Effects, this editing mm -hmm. program. And so there's three copies of the same video. And each layer, I added a different effect that globbed it up in a different way. So you're watching the video three times all together, but one is globbing one way, the other is globbing the other way, the other one's going all kaleidoscope. So you had different layers peeling back the gravy. Because you know when gravy gets gets settled on top of like you say your mashed potatoes for a while. Right. It right. kind of gets hard at the top, kind of like when you're milking a cow and the, the chunky stuff's at the top. Sure. I, I wanted to make it to be like, oh well, you got the liquid gravy at the bottom. But then how many the how many times did you top. watch the video play back? Multiple times. I, I know I've watched that many, many times just to get everything right. So it wasn't a complete assault on all of the senses, which is to say, full disclosure, I've over gravified myself. My brain is just liquid from the past three days of just trying to get that video only correct oh gravy oh, oh, oh i i agree with my my brain too trying to render just to render everything to get all those golden rings in line for mel gibson in his wheelchair to collect them all before pushing the guy out the window a lot of work went into that so i hope everyone watches it as often as possible just keep replaying it over and over yeah. again until you see all the details that are in there and the we you. we do need to mention again the spring video essay contest remains open because i think it's still spring we haven't officially declared it to be summer yet we're doing the four seasons calendar so we're still in the spring season if you guys are new here and you haven't seen the past few episodes they also include video introductions in which we want to inspire all the creatives and that creativity inside of you to and tell us what you see in these video introductions and especially what it means to you. They are designed as a cryptographic puzzle with elements to say that there might be a passphrase. If you can see what it is, you might be able to distill it down into a sentence or to a few words to say, this is what the passphrase is related to that specific video and leave those comments <laughs> below we do have a prize pool we want to give some stuff away digital prizes <clears throat> virtual prizes and we have a p.o box as well or yeah, snail mail there's many ingredients to the gravy it's not just all mill gibson oh nice right yeah. Um, oh, there's also the fat guy that just sits there and drinks the bowl of gravy while his dad tells him how it's ruining his life. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. Birds, where are you from? Where am I from? Um, yeah. It's from the internet, man. I'm from you know yeah, how did you hatched. come? How did you come to the spiders? How did you find us? That's a good question. I don't know. I've been, um, I somehow 
you know, I ride the I'd ride the wave and the wave brought me to to you guys. And uh, we are all very connected in this the web, you know, yeah. what I'm saying? I think of it more of a fabric. So, uh -huh. you know, um, I feel very comfortable around you guys. I know I'm like new here, just, you know, in this kind of uh, way, but um, I feel very um, like I'm among uh, like, um, like-minded beings, you know what I mean? And we are, we do have our all diff our different um, powers, but uh, yeah, you know, I just vibe with, uh, I vibe with you guys. I vibe with Interverse and Slick and Rise, you know, the homie Romy and all those, all those uh, folks for a while now. And again, I was in my hermit phase and I came out of uh, my hermit phase ago. I have a feel in my heart to, I have message. I got to share with the, with the public what I had, what I, you know, what's inside, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't go hermit anymore. And I feel like that relates with a lot of people actually it's not just me i don't think that's like a unique thing the energies have changed so i'm if you, the realm is changing and you're not like i said last night uh if the realm's changing and you're not changing you're gonna have a very hard time so they may, yeah. only makes sense i feel the realm has changed so um i appreciate you guys man and uh gordy i appreciate you brother and uh again i'm just kind of come i'm still coming out and uh I appreciate being here, man. I'm I, I'm honored, and I want and I wanted to ask Alan like your videos that you make. Um, I you know yeah, how long does it take you to make those things, man? Because the layers of I love right layers, and I miss right. a lot. I'm not gonna so, lie, Alan. I'm not gonna lie. I miss a lot. You guys share stuff, and I'm gonna get ten percent. I miss ninety percent of the great. Some of these, some of these videos I've been working on for over forty years. It takes a lifetime to consume all this bad content, and then try oh. to put it together in a way that raises the level of absurdity to kind of question the tone. If we're showing a video about Mel Gibson and conspiracy and gravy, but yet for the past eighteen months. You know, we've been using that. It's like, oh, good gravy, guys. Good, good synchromysticism, good diving, good wordplay, good puns, good anagrams. And we have fun with that, sure. But then we had completely forgotten at some point that could also be used as a tool in a blunt force trauma to the head. I mean, it could be a fun tickle stick where people are giggling because it's silly, but it could also just tickle someone in the worst possible way so that they pee their pants in front of everybody and completely embarrass themselves, you know, and that's really kind of the message there being that with Mel Gibson going on his little radio broadcast and he's recording his uh, factoids and things and his conspiracy theories and his ideas about how the world works. And that's kind of a dangerous thing. And now it's 2023 and 2020. Mel Gibson so has many... a conspiracy podcast. Well, that wasn't that in his, that was in the, the movie, movie, right? Oh. Cause he, he was on the, the airwaves. Movie, in... I thought you meant like real. I'm like, what? Same thing is wonder. Well, we can start rumors too. We started off rumor, the delusion becomes true, and then Mel Gibson's talking to us on a Saturday night on a Weaving Spider's Welcome. And then two weeks later... And he brings Corey Feldman. Right, after the release of Passion of the Christ 2. In the movie Wander. Yeah. Mm -hmm. with Wander. Wander. 
And the, sec- the, the second movie. one is he come back as like a fucking poltergeist and, and haunt them. Like you little dirty fuckers, you turned on. Mel Wander the movie conspiracy theory in like uh, he was a, his character was a tinfoil hat type guy. You know, was it like page was the movie called like paycheck or something? I feel like Julia Roberts was in it and he was like a skit. He had a split personality. You know, he's crazy, but conspiracies. They shot you. Yes. Type of guy. Yes. This is like 30 years ago, I think, but it still was a good movie. And Gordy's yeah. talking about a movie called yeah, Wonder, Wonder, Wonder. Wonder, wonder. <clears throat> the Amazon on top of Sorry. Alan's 40 years, Sorry. you have my 20 plus years of stuff as well. So, together we have what almost like 45 to almost 50 years between us of just yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> what is the movie? Want I wonder what want want what is the movie title, Cordy? It has such a forgettable title. It is a very forgettable title. It was kind of soft release. It was released on Amazon, just just kind of thrown out there. But it was starred Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Aaron Eckhart. Both played uh, Two Face in the Batman movies. Okay. In this, they are. He has a conspiracy podcast. Uh, late night show on the internet talking about conspiracies and he is implant finds out that he is implanted by the government and there's a government program underneath this uh, gas station where this guy finds out all these secrets to his own life he's he is locked up as a nut job um there it is it's a town called wander Mm-hmm. Takes place in the Four Corners area on the Navajo Reservation, where so I man, also lived Vaughn, once. As in Power Rangers. Yeah, Saban Films. Seven. Hmm. Interesting. It was just kind of just tossed out there on Amazon, but sure. didn't get much press. But it starred these big names. And it has the chick from Vikings in it. Can't remember her name. And I think she's pregnant, but they're trying to hide it. Anyway, dumb detail. Um, but he finds that he is implanted and digs it out of himself at the end. Spoilers. Implant movie wander. Yeah, I'm going to download this later. He was also in Men in Black. He was an agent. He was an agent, exactly. And he was also a post office Tommy worker. Jones. Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones. Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Three names. Tommy Lee Jones. I was in uh, Air Force One. As the president. Was that that Air Force One movie? Wasn't Aaron Eckhart a president too? Is that a Tom Clancy film, Air Force One? Maybe. I haven't watched it since I was like 13, so. 
Air Force anyway, Ones. Educate yourself. Harrison it Ford. Didn't go that way. Not a Tom Clancy thriller. Okay. Movies used to be fun. Movies used to be a lot fun. I had to set through um, Elvis last night. The movie that came out recently this past year. Tom Hanks was in that. Elvis. And... If you think of some of the decodes in movies like uh, uh, Back to the Future, mm-hmm. I mean, they were pushing. Were we? Was it just our age, the Observer? Because they've been pushing their, you know, embedded things into the Hollywoods for a long time now. Now, maybe sure. when I was young, I was just enjoying Back to the Future, you know. There is the organic process of screenwriters coming together to make a movie, an individual who's got an idea, an auteur whose vision goes to the screen where he writes it, no one else interjects, he's got final say on the plot, and then he gets final edit on the movie. There's that element of it's his movie, he puts his name on the movie, it's a movie by Mel Gibson, whatever it is. But then there's also this element of concern about Laurel Canyon and Hollywood Babylon. And in the military movies, we can cite the fact that if you want to make the battleship film with Rihanna and you want to use actual battleships, then you have to have this sort of agreement and partnership with U.S. military. So if the U.S. military is in your movie, will they need to appear as probably the heroes in the movie a lot of the times? Yeah, but the question—the question, the question we're that asking—Tom Hanks is probably as nice as they make him out to be. Mm-hmm. He's probably like a really awesome guy. That's why they always put him in such awesome roles. And I'm going to keep saying that until Cheney comes in. We love so, Tom Hanks so much. And his beautiful wife—I think her name's Rita. Such a nice guy. He probably deserves a Nobel Prize. He spends so much time alone on islands playing volleyball. Or soccer ball. It's interesting we're talking about Hollywood right now because of the writer strike. And they're doing that again. Element of the writer strike that's happening right now. What? Who cares? Who fucking cares? They haven't made anything good in forty years. Fuck. Right. Well, part of the writer strike is because even the NHL is fixed. Guys, we're getting excited. Is Agent K a reference to ketamine? It could be. It could be. But the 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 writer strike. Let's start singing the bosom bodies theme song, (laughs) Cheney. It goes back to the whole AI. Remind me. Remind me. It can can sure. AI scan someone's identity, their voice in their writing, or their the way that they paint and recreate it. And is that fair? Well, that that plays into the imposter syndrome. There's this idea that well, uh, AI is going to take all the creative jobs, so humans who are in creative fields need to learn to code and they need to become truck drivers or figure out how they're going to 
you know, learn uh, the the new technology of the automation of the industrial factory setting or become an Amazon employee or something. And yet, no, 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 no. The most the most creative humans have ideas that are soulful. Soulful ideas, Gordy. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Humor, well, that's what I thought jokes, about laughter, when I was love. The Elvis movie. So all that referred to me was they were playing on all the Elvis conspiracies. Was there a twin in the and movie? I'm like, Does anyone really care about was uh, Elvis born Elvis conspiracies anymore? With his twin. Like it's been so many years. Why why are you trying to reinforce them and make this movie? Like yeah, it's day one conspiracy. <laughs> it's too soon isn't to do the David Bowie hammers, though? Isn't it? Isn't that the thing though? That that was the the point of the newest Elvis movie, wasn't it? it was about the Colonel. He played the Colonel. Well, right? I don't know because they showed they showed JFK's assassination more than they showed Priscilla. So how does the JFK assassination play into Elvis's story more than his wife? Priscilla, that's the person who, with Aquila, were tent makers in the Old Testament. What kind of name is Priscilla for a girl? Are you trying to punish your child? When writers give names to characters like Hitler, or what's his first name? Adolf? We have like uh, Adolphus Gustavus College. I'm sure they're going to be okay. Are they going to need to change their name? This idea that a symbol has power and once it's used for the most evil, then nobody else can use it because they're going to associate themselves with evil. That's sort of a difficult thing to think about. Elvis, can there be another and then, Elvis? And then if you're going to do that, can there be another doesn't Madonna? Doesn't that really empower them? Doesn't that really easily empower them to take away anything that's going to empower you? Because right. then all they have to do is make an association and you're like, no, can't use that no more. Like the word conspiracy theory. I can't use that anymore in my hashtags because people are going to think I'm a nutter and I can't show my family that I'm on Weaving Spiders Welcome because they might not understand. They're not there yet. think it's not illegal yet it's as close to it probably who knows how many chickens are left we started with seven every podcast now are hashtagging their uh their posts or advertised for their podcast as hashtag conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. so now it's it will be easy for them to oh well anyone that uses hashtag since right. everyone lives online now weaving spiders welcome remember when the hashtag was pound sign found on the telephone star 69 yeah i remember landlines telephones phone freaking getting freaky in a phone booth changing into your superman underwear is that what we're talking about Sure. Phone booths are kind of... Yeah, why did they get rid of all those? Because in the movie The Matrix, that's how you get out, through the phone booth. Ah. Good point. 
have a question for Andy. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. What's your <laughs> thoughts on the white Medusa? I haven't found anything. <laughs> I pretty uh, much watched that movie and then tried to take a nap afterwards and it didn't work. Is that so, a movie? Uh, so we're going to talk about Spice World and oh. uh, Josie tonight? and the Pussycats. We're going to talk tonight? or we talk about it a little bit. There is a phone booth in there. <laughs> Impossibly uh, so sized on the inside. Does the yeah. uh, outside doesn't match the spatial dimensions of the inside? Well, it's not Andy, a Doctor Who one. <laughs> the TARDIS. Andy brought um, to my attention. Oh, and Ted. The the. The flip side of the Black Madonna is the White Medusa. And that really caught my attention. So I was I was just curious if she's thought about it in any more at mm-hmm. the moment. Not too much, no. Yeah, there's uh it's just very subtly nodded at in that movie and then um kind of the rest of my notes were a lot about um you know mk ultra kind of stuff and color coding and a lot of different uh things going on there but it's so weird that it's really hard to find um to stream anywhere like every other movie you could find it to stream anywhere or like at least pay for it to stream it right but for this for some reason spice world you can't find it like hardly anywhere because i want i was like well we'll just try to watch it on my tv so then licensing rights limbo hell where it's just no one wants to take responsibility for letting anybody else see that movie ever again well, possibly because I mean it is just a retelling of the Beatles, "A Hard Day Is Night." Was it released to DVD? Was it a VH- VHS only affair? I think was it ninety-seven or ninety-nine that it was ninety-seven. Okay, so it might have gotten to a DVD. Could be on DVD. We'll need to scour the thrift stores to find these movies yeah just... definitely do because i totally found a mandela effect in there too and to, to for the revealing of that you'll have to watch the king of cups episode yeah speaking of the mandela effect i, I saw a video um yesterday i believe it was that in the beat it music video you know michael jackson beat it when he's in the bar mm-hmm. and he's dancing around the pool table and put, he puts his hand on the pool tables every you can see every pool table in the bar none of them have pockets but yeah but did mj like maybe set that up so that he was like pointing to like because the the line that like because you sent me the video where you found that these like snickerdoodle the line tables that he says, 
says something about not winning or something. So I was like, huh, maybe he's like trying to point at. This was pointed out 11 years ago on Reddit. And we're just That's remembering it. It's not pool. What is it then? Is it a poker table? Snooker. S- yeah. Oh, snooker. That's Sno- a snooker doodle table. Snooker. That's what, so what I said earlier. It's way classier than pool. Is it like There's... billiards? You just knock the balls around? All balls and no, no it's holes. Called, it's, called, it's called carom. Carom. It's called carom. Yeah. Okay, that makes okay. That makes sense. Oh yeah, that's yeah, the first car- response. It's... Eleven years ago, on Reddit, Karen Billows billiards. Yeah, Snooker still has Snooker still has pockets. Karen doesn't. So billiards is played on a table without pockets, and pool is played on a table with pockets. Is the difference between billiards and snooker? Well, here's an owl Not right here. Carom. Look at that. Hearst Castle interior from the Casa Grande, San Simeon Ranch, California. I've got a book on this. Rand was it William Randolph Hearst publishing Empire Guy? He had a pretty cool castle, mansion, Hearst. large home. See, that's interesting. Like, I, oh, I never yeah, I... really paid attention to, like, the Elvis conspiracy or the, the Michael Jackson conspiracy. Because I'm like, well, they're just famous people. It doesn't matter. So, like, I'm, um, I'm not I'm not savvy when it comes to all this. So, that that's interesting. So, Karam, you basically, you have to hit the object ball and then the other person's cue ball at both in order to score a point. Did you just say Q? <laughs> Does he have any new, new drops? Are there new drops? They might be dropping them. I'm not sure. But not in the pockets. <laughs> that was hilarious. Are there few drops? But not in the <laughs> yeah. Did he did did he silence himself? Has there been any new information? Yeah, I'm curious too. Is there still a thing? Is that still? Well, we had we had Chucky today. I think he was coronated earlier. So a very interesting time, you know, mm-hmm. just on an auspicious day, so to speak, for that sausagey. Right. Did I share that earlier? That meme. I think we got a we got a meme bank. We're taking meme donations on our Telegram. So look for the uh, gems meme bank and we can collect those memes and share them again. If we choose to do so, some of them are just the type of things we want to keep to ourselves. And I well, think yeah, if okay. you have the latest, if you have the latest Q drop, I'm, I'm interested in hearing just what it, what it was out of curiosity. If anyone knows the topic or is it, it's just, yeah. I mean, surely he would have said something about Rex Ardit in a turnum here. Uh, old sausage fingers, the walls. Extra think. Do they call him sausage over there? Oh, there's a goat under the throne. I, I think they now. call him bangers. Bang, bangers, bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. 
It's what Jimmy Seville is that his name? Jimmy Seville. Saville, uh, a really well-known, a really well-known pedophile that like gets away with it apparently just because he's cool. I've never seen the the statue with the bow and arrow in the background. This pointing at him, demon hunter. No, I think there's a demon behind his other shoulder, so the arrow would go like behind him, perhaps. Dude, and then there was I think his son, one of those other prince kit guys or whatever, was mm-hmm. um being like outwardly proud of I think he went to like Afghanistan or something or one of those types of places and was like, Yeah, I killed I killed people and I it was great or something. It, it, this was like a very popular story. He mm-hmm. he has he's quoted as enjoying uh like shooting like killing people you know what i mean and you know it was he he's no special forces so you know it was it's yeah. probably harry yeah harry one of those guys yeah yeah they're you, you yeah totally and i think it was like yeah i went and i like literally killed people in a war and you know he wasn't earning it it was probably they was, but anyway they uh the the ultimate game the hundred the ultimate game Here's the crown, and this is a three-minute clip from their YouTube channel today. Let me know if you can hear what they say. The Royal Family Channel. King of kings and lord of lords. Well, some people were a little upset about that one right there, and maybe the editor needs to get a slap on the wrist because, listen again. Who is this in reference to? King of kings and lord of lords. Well, that's a bad juxtaposition. A real bad edit there. You'd think people would maybe ring some alarm bells there. Does it fit? What Harry Potter house are you in, sir? Is that mink that they always... God it could be mink now people were defending this video saying you have to listen to the entire context of it i understand i understand he believes that god gives him the right to reign on earth of course but the way this is edited it's a little bit wonky look at these close-ups kind of do the side eyes these uh awkward. it looks very lost in in and very confused rather than le- regal at all there's like no nothing about i am becoming the king he's like like that's just yeah. weird like but this is my insure time I, <laughs> I like this guy in the left here this little this young lad in the red who's making funny faces all of these people are in front of cameras and we got to give them a little bit of grace not everyone is going to be a model or an actor for a camera 
Let's watch further and see if we need to extend more grace to these folks who are in a real stuffy clothes, sitting on really old thrones, wearing dusty, it looks like um, a curtain he's got on, and uh, it's, it's historical. We could maybe do a bad lip reading of what's going on in these guys' minds. What's with the glove? Michael Jackson glove, yeah. One this puts him on the top of the hit list. Hide his fucking sausage fingers. He's probably got some sort of lesions or some shit on him. I'm here in the... Hey, Andy. uh, Abby. Abby, I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'm like hearing that Joey Beloved. We are gathered here today. today. We can maybe get to the Princess uh, what was it, the Princess Bride of Christ video, yeah, Jim? Princess Bride. There we go. The, the, no, the no, the Princess Bride of Christ video. Well Yeah. It's uh, more of a passionate play in a church setting. But let's focus on King Chuckles here and his white glove, Michael Jackson style. Uh these these what poor boys. On? These poor boys sausage don't want to ass be there. fingers. How do you have just such sausagey swollen? Is that swollen fingers? fingers? It's like like with you can sausage. barely see his knuckles. The dress is corpse right up. I'm trying to see what's carved in this wooden uh, seat behind that he's sitting on. I can't make out. I mean, I see those some letters. I'm wondering. If I think is- that's J G Wentworth. If you want money now, you call this number. <laughs> Eight seven seven cash now. It's my money, and I want it now. I didn't brush my teeth. Mom said I should have brushed my teeth. So he wears a glove to keep his hands clean when he's doing dirty business. He wears it on his right hand, and his left hand is uncovered. So he's okay with doing dirty business with his left hand. What's so, going on with her brow? Many There's something behind her? With your left hand, so maybe he doesn't want white gloves for that. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, a, there, that's a nose. There's another nose <laughs> of another fellow. I think it's the woman behind her, the Pinocchio nose extending all the way to the two noses. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, we can make so many jokes about this. The point is, these are the royalty, and these are the the most important people in the galaxy and their film crew is probably their own family members, like their cousins, people they know. Their cousin Vinny? You'd think they would have made this look a whole lot better. It looks like a million bucks, sure. But you guys, this needs to look like a trillion dollars. This needs to look like an obscene amount of wealth because this just looks like a second act play it, it, it's they, like it looks kind of like, hallmark movie they look like cheap <laughs> costumes they don't even look like yes. they're actually fancy expensive clothes they just right. look like costume clothes no one's smiling i wonder how many sacrifices uh blood sacrifices happened last night that guy's smirking a little bit he sees the sasha's fingers why does it look like little kids have graffitied the fuck out of that throne Back up and cl- back up just a bit where you can actually see yeah. another this. angle of it. Okay, Sleepy. it looks like somebody carved like, yeah, just like little kid carvings all over in it. It's not 
ever been restored of course it's antique it's the ritual throne it has this sort of top of a star triangle shape with it does anyone know anything about this well what's the word that's carved into the wood part right there i think it says uh, d-i-c-k nikki or dank i don't know i see tenant t-e-n-e-n-t oh wow really something but there's other letters there Brian said that the seat of that throne is that must be the most important part. And that stone, every king of England has been thrown, has been crowned on that stone that he's sitting on right now. The stone of scone? The tenant, uh, the Seder Square. Mm -hmm. What does it smell like, do you think? (laughs) Bangers and mash farts? Moth balls and whoopee cushions? So I notice uh, William is wearing um, the cloak of the Order of the Garter, which mm-hmm. is uh, totally uh, different kind of a thing. <laughs> it's pretty bad omen to, to start your reign right after an eclipse, a lunar eclipse, I would say. I think he's worried that somebody's going to pick him off. He does look scared. Do you think it's the guy in the yeah, yellow in hat? No way does he look like hat. he's being crowned king. In no, no way. Astrologically. Terrifying. There's well, no did joy you guys here. See that, um, in the past, if there was an eclipse and they had to do a coronation, mm-hmm. they would coronate uh, like the successor or the, you know, the person who this who would secede the throne if in place of the new king or whatever, and then they would knock him off. So that way. Um, oh wow the king could take the the rightful king could take the throne without having the bad yeah. fortune that comes with a an eclipse he's gonna get knocked off i bet you yeah that's that's why he like, looks so yeah. terrified they and then why in Christopher Columbus. Like... is it william's gonna take it who directed the best harry potter movies get that guy bring him in come on give him an obe for service of king and country or something reanimate stanley kubrick all these <laughs> all these boys are pushing their tongue like they're doing the blowjob motion with it's just this other girl's blowing her nose i mean these are just real people real people not wanting to oh, be there seeing his death yeah, he looks sad. look at he's, that man he he's is gonna die yeah. he's gonna get it that's wow, kind of you know, yeah. earlier this week, Kaylee Bracana did a live stream. She was just mentioning, like, this is like the worst astrologically, like, this is the worst time to do a coronation. So, yeah, I, I believe it. Someone's forcing this timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting them on the throne at a obscene time. Well, and honestly, he was now let's take this back to what was just said about astrologically they would put in uh the wrong king so that way the right king would not get this curse growing up most of us that you know during the princess diana time and whatnot we understood that he was never going to be king right yeah that he was next out of the and then suddenly he's back in so is this just a sham for him to be vacated or die in a very short order and then turn around and put William in or whoever they decide is going to be the next one. They're Antichrist. 
William. He brags about having a scar on his head, just like the Antichrist, where he got hit with a golf club when he was a boy. He says, that it, he, says it, he says it glows. Really? Yes. Okay, Harry yes. Potter. <laughs> Prince Harry. Harry mm. and the Potters. Yeah. Well, that's Poor the other weird series. thing, I think, is that him and his wife moved to America. And I think I was talking to Cheney about this and how I thought, like, the king for a day ritual that they always, I might have mentioned it in a stream before, but that they always are talking about with, like, celebrities where they'll raise them up and then they'll knock them down because they're, like, they take, like, the fool or whatever and make him king for a day and then, you know, cut him down afterwards. So I've kind of had this idea, like, oh, maybe since, you know, some people are under the impression that we're still technically under British rule, that we were kind of like the king for a day country. So it was like, okay, you can have your time or whatever. But then at the end of it, we're just going to knock you down. And like with the um, the champagne carpet, uh, the Oscars and stuff like that, and all this kind of like sunset time symbolism that's been going on is it's kind of interesting mix of things going on with the coronation as well. Well, they included the just stop oil protesters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they made this a meme club. Look, look. He's look how bored they are. And then they put it on the royal channel on YouTube. Well, of course they're bored. Like, There's... what kid is not bored when they have to sit through a wedding or whatnot, any type of ceremony? Right. Because a kid doesn't want to sit still and be quiet and watch all the all this ritual and things that aren't, you know imaginative and playful yeah it just tells you like how like pomp how much pomp it, it actually is like by saying oh the kids are bored well like obviously <laughs> things that there's unnecessary stuff going on most kids can hold their attention for like that kind of stuff for like maybe 20 minutes <laughs> Richie? was that the coronation is that what they were showing it might have been Richie? was he i think that's what i saw you did see that let's take another look why is lionel richie at the cool there's some ceiling dancing why aren't there other <laughs> celebrities there yeah lionel richie yeah. all Who night are the celebrities long. let's Lionel Richie. Yeah, he's got a top hat. Lionel Who Richie. The royalists are. I mean, it, to be blunt, is this the only uh, black person they could get to show up in a tuxedo <laughs> and honor this uh, event? I saw they, they had some uh, Arabian-looking fellers in the right, crowd. Right. Well, they had to stop oil protesters, but right. then they had the oil families again... Is anyone really uh, enamored with the glamour magic of this dreaded ritual coronation of the king after an eclipse? 
after all the austerity treatment, after all the riots happening in the street. I there's a lot of people that I bet are. This this king is not well received. I had mm-hmm. no idea this was going on until I saw it on a television today. I like literally had no idea anything about any of this. But there there are people that are probably like into like oh wow you know they don't see the well the, you know, that some... that that actually makes me think of uh, you know so back when the uh, queen passed and we did our our live stream during then i mentioned d23 and that disney movie wish that comes out next year well it just so happens um they recently within the past couple weeks released the first teaser trailer for it and revealed that the the disney villain of this new movie isn't the evil stepmother but the evil king so and everyone's making a big deal all the movie you know channels and everything is is pointing oh this disney's first time having a a evil king and all this is not the evil the evil stepmother and all that and now you have in the real world this coronation that we're all talking about a couple weeks later and so Mike and so if you're talking about conspiracies and saying well that isn't the real king they're waiting for him to something happen the curse so a new king can step in then where is the real king where are the kings of the world right now where where are the the kings where are the people with the crowns on their head? I don't know. I haven't seen them. Burger King? Are they at Burger King? Burger King. With crowns on their head? Well, <laughs> I was more thinking of like, a real king like the archetype of a king the mm-hmm. masculine the strong man where are they sure what's even more spooky with that <laughs> video England. clip that video clip starts with some religious figure talking about who's who's the god who's the Okay, so again, Lord if, of Lords, Lord of Lords, and King of Kings, and they cut to this king, and now they're going to let us know that Sausage Fingers here, this this senile old man, doesn't have much more time to he live. Scared this very well, feeble Sausage so Fingered scared old man. Here's the conspiracy theory, everybody. If this video clip equates King Chucky with King of Kings and Lord of Lords. God, God's son, son of God, son, God, okay. And they're going to kill him. Does that mean that King of Kings, Lord of Lords equals King Charles 
equals the deity equals going to die equals they're trying to kill God? Is this a killing God yes. ritual for an anti-life equation for a satanic culture? It's a game of a geo and he's the white king. They're going to take him down and enact some symbolic magically their plan of taking over. Yes. So if you kill, kill the God. God King, then will it be machines that they want to replace mm -hmm. as the leaders? The well, it does create AIs a vacuum to decide the supply chain issues. So if they kill all forms of leadership, if sleepy Joe Biden is not fit to rule and everybody hates the government, they don't like the king. Now, does it seem like at this point the plot line of the movie is leading towards the populations not wanting that sort of authority, hating the government, but now a vacuum creates a need for a technocratic uh, Taco Bell oligarchy of the, what is this, um, corporatocracy, where it's really the private Let's corporations see, and the black, ro black rocks of the world. It's, it's a beautiful plan. The bankers are the ones that have all the, the money. So they're going to build the computer to then have the, the uh, world simulation to decide who will be the governor of certain regions as they try to redraw. And it's a magical boundaries. plan because any anytime they want to, they could just blow up a whole block and say, oops, the AI messed up. And uh, these electrical the meters blew up you know like it was just a problem like nobody mm -hmm. it was an accident it was the ai like sorry and nobody's held accountable they can do whatever they want they can crash airplanes you know yeah I don't it's know. like a, a false incompetence false like, incompetence if they on at like what alan's saying on your tv screens and your phones and everywhere you look, they're flashing incompetent leaders when all you have to do is you can step up, the person beside you could step up, but you're not because you're just like, oh, everyone's incompetent. Or even, you know, you, you may even feel like yourself are incompetent because of this situation you're you're down on yourself when all you have to do is lift yourself up yeah if we see the leaders can't do anything like what good are we going to be you know well and i like uh what that if you remember you know like the arabian peninsula and other places where the british are responsible for drawing a lot of those imaginary lines. Um, I'm sure they probably got two local groups to fight each other and come in as a third party to go, let's draw the lines for everyone and then have influence. That's nothing new under the sun. So that's probably what's their plan, just a little bit more advanced, but a similar playbook. I feel like, I feel like we all kind of know their playbook, but they still run it anyway. Why? Because it is, it still works. It's like, Right, we're gonna keep, run, keep running these plays until you stop us. It's working. Until the wheels fall off. It yeah. started. Right. It started a while before that, though, because like um, 
like my kids shit when they were little there's a show called max and ruby and it was a little cartoon and it's a little girl named ruby she's a little bunny rabbit and she had a little brother named max and there's no parents she's like taking care of her little brother and then all the stuff like dora the explorer you never met her parents um then the same thing with like all the shows on nickelodeon there was like zoe 101 none of them had parents and then when they did have parents, there was usually just one. And then if you saw them, they were fucking idiots. So they started with this generation, you know, my kids' generation, young, to let them see that the authority figures, if they're even there, are fucking idiots. So yeah. it's been implanted in their brains since they were little. Yeah, I wrote a story um, kind of parodying that generation. In a way. There was no authority. Because you had, um, or so go ahead, Ben. I was talking about it earlier. Oh, You're right, Ben. There was no no authority. We had no authority. We were we raised ourselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, any authority was better than that. Yeah, another show that comes to mind is the show Dragon Tales. Um. Because I mean that show, they would go off into this magical world, and the parents wouldn't know that they were going off and flying with dragons and things, and they would come back, and the parent at the end of the episode, they would go back into the room, and the parents would come and check in, and they would you know dra um, dragon wallpaper, and like oh you're just playing in your room, you're not off and you know never never land with Peter Pan sort of a thing the muppet babies if you remember like there was like a bunch of babies in a room together and then you'd see the nanny sometimes her legs but there was no parents or like rugrats the parents were like hardly ever in the room and they're like bait they're like actual babies <laughs> yeah. always unattended if the playbook seems to be that of demoralization and we're going to do the wavy gravy word breakdown here d remove moral like morals like do you have morality do you know what's good do you know what's evil and if you remove the moralization that's sort of the motivation to do anything because you've been convinced that evil is already won so you're demoralized and then by removing the good and the heroic and the brave and the masculine and the strong and the courageous because they're demoralized that ties into the idea that we talked about in the first part of the show with men who are told and convinced that they will not marry a woman that they will not have children that they will not be fathers so that's a huge demoralization you basically said your entire existence it's not going to happen that's a huge demoralization, which seems to say that you have no purpose here because your biological purpose for existing, spreading your seed, being a man, having a wife, raising a family, doesn't exist. You can't do that because you'll never find someone. And then that plays into the demoralization for the women who can't find no good man anywhere. And they can't find someone who wants to settle down. So this demoralization period continues. And now we have to ask, at what point 
do we remoralize and rejuvenate and create a sense of meaning again to say, well, a lot of that is lies. A lot of that is untrue stuff. And if the conspiracy movement acts as a demoralization campaign filled with fear porn to say that there's too much evil in the world for you to make any difference in your own life, then have people given up before they've even failed their first time. And that was the other question we asked about, you know, feeling just a little bit of discomfort or pain and not being able to grow and ab abstract one as a bodybuilder. If you don't ever feel a little bit of pain, is there any gain? Is that what they say in the gym? No. <laughs> yeah. You better feel some pain. You better cry. You gotta, um, it's called, you, you go to fatigue, man. Failure. So you can't do anymore. Going it's not where you think it is. It's past that point. <laughs> so the thing that we've lost in society is this thing called integrity, Lucas. Integrity. So this is why I have no problem, Lucas, with thinking about it, because I have this thing called integrity. So the thing is, I was never a bear. Uh, Owen would call, would text me and ask me farm questions and how to do things because he has no skills. And so he has to rely on other people to try and teach him. But once he started getting a bunch of money and popularity again, he went back to that and gave up all integrity. And so I don't care if he doesn't like me. I don't care if he wants to talk shit and keep being a bitch. He's the one who has no integrity and he's not going to take mine. So I don't care about the bears or the community. If you all want to keep following a dude who calls himself a bear, we all know a bear is a big gay dude who feeds his dudes gravy. I mean, how fucking on the nose is that? Like this big gay dude is bull gravy. Like, and then he's just a Hollywood cunt. That's all the dude really is. He's not even a homesteader anymore. I don't have the time to spend the, on the internet to fucking deal with the shit that that dude puts out and everything else because I actually do work. He doesn't. He sits on the internet. That's why he's got man tits because he's not homesteading. No homesteaders built like that because we work. We have integrity. He has none. He tried to borrow some and then lost it. And so, no, I don't got to think about it, bro. You need to think about it. You can either follow Hollywood bitch boy who's acting completely out of line. And you guys are the ones that are empowering that. You guys are the ones that are saying, oh yeah, it's okay to call other men pedos. Something that actually can get them in trouble. CPS takes nothing to get to your house. Nothing takes everything to get them to leave. But cool, do that just because old bitch boy has a temper tantrum. Have some integrity. This is what society lost right here. See this? The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Moral uprightness. I know he wanted to fucking shit on me for having it, but I ain't giving mine up for you, you fucking oversized cunt. <laughs> Think about it. Very demoralizing to an entire community. They were led maybe into a, a cul-de-sac where 
they're just left to hang out to dry and fend for themselves. Is that a positive community? What fruit has it bared? It's kind of a, I shouldn't have said bear like that. I'm sorry to all the, all the bears with integrity who stand by us in chat sometimes. We appreciate that. And there are a lot. Awesome. Yeah. This all this makes me think of is that it's that's also an easy way for this whole if if men and women are feeling down, they feel like they can't, they're not not gonna find their significant other. And then they're going if and then they're not trying that means that that's a good way to end a lot of lineages because then the the lineages are going to stop with them so that's a good way to end multiple um king signs and shout out to all the otters out there. We were talking bears. Let's not forget about the otters. Is there otter? Is there a secret otter community that I'm uh, unaware of? There is. Is there, there is. A, an otter culture? Please explain. Because I'm unaware. Are other otters? animal spirit guides available? You got. Yeah. You have bears in certain communities. You have bears, and some people are otters. So shout out to all the otters in those um, recesses of. They're, they're not uh, being so hidden too much anymore, Gordy. I think they're a little more out in the open nowadays, but yeah. we, just want, we don't want to leave anyone out. Um, if you identify as an otter, you're welcome here as well. Birds, yeah. are you, do you identify as a bird? Do I? Uh, I'm not sure if our lesbian fits into this, but let's not uh, forget about the lesbian. I think I that's an, that's an, <laughs> that's an island welcome. thing. Right. Sure. They all live on an island. Okay, the that's where the lesbos come from. Yes, clam eaters. Maybe they are otters. <laughs> is an otter like a woodchuck? Mm. An otter is like is like a weasel. I, you know what? I should look yes, up the weasel. I think weasel. Am I using the? Am are I, they in the weasel family? Well, Boy, I might be using the term incorrectly. Maybe it's uh, like otters are water weasels. Water weasels, yeah. We've had, some, we've had some tools. water weasels in our chat, and we usually don't like to give them enough attention. We do give them a huge responsibility with the wrench to not injure themselves or others with the use of the wrench. But at some point, when adults are speaking in a room and there's monkeys with wrenches making fools of themselves again and again, when we're trying to construct something here and remoralize a culture that is so easily uh, gathered together and rounded up like a herd and then led through certain channels and then dropped off and left to fend for themselves. And then at that point, when they're just cannibalizing each other, then we're all very sad about that. See, that's disgusting it's terrible it's not a happy ending and we can all oh. live better we don't need to be living in fear or demoralized or identified as a loser in life taking the l 
and then not accomplishing anything. Of course, you're going to have to lose a lot of times to learn to be a good sport, to then play again, and then coach your own kids someday. And if you do fall for some of these people's spiels that um, they want to con you in some kind of a way, that doesn't say as much about you as it does about them. And right. we've all many... been we've all been hungry. We've all stood in line. We've all had that free continental breakfast because we we're hungry, and they gave us the gravy. And a little bit later in the day, it didn't sit so well because it was yesterday's gravy. It was old gravy. It was bad gravy. Well, you know, a little indigestion. Let that be a lesson to you. Maybe skip the bad breakfast. Try a salad. Grow your <laughs> own food. Yeah. That's part of the growing process. You, you develop more discernment. You take the pieces that were good. You dump the pieces that were crap. You know, for, for a while, dude was talking about homesteading and really pushing that. That was good stuff. Keep it. Remain true to what the mission was originally. If the captain sinks the, the ship over the biscuits and gravy, right? You don't have to go down with the ship. You don't have to defend the sinking Titanic until you're gurgling salt water and you're freezing your tootsies off. Well, because of a girl named Rose, because she took her top off for you, and you got to see her, <laughs> and you drew her picture. You steamed up the cars. Come on, man. There, there are other movies. And if anyone out there really wants to ride down the boardwalk in roller skates, if that if you feel that, I say do it. If that's that's what's in your heart, go do. Some, I don't that, know. I, that I was a Sarah Jessica Parker movie where she wore the roller skates. <laughs> what movie was that? Oh, with the uh, the guy with the funny looking nose who writes the poetry. Um, was it the next? It's not that Las Vegas one. I have no idea. How old is this movie? It's a real movie. I saw it. It was Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker, and she was wearing roller skates. Like based on Cyrano de Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh, I'll look it up. I got time. We're, yeah, we're not sorry. doing anything right now. <laughs> Yeah, and I haven't the, followed her career. Like I don't know all her uh, work. I'm not a follower of her work, but um, Does somebody L.A. story. Somebody in the chat. Sounds somebody... interesting. L.A. story <laughs> sounds like uh, like uh, one of those older guys. Oh gosh, I'm uh, Steve Martin. I think you're right, Steve Martin. There might have been a Douglas in there, like one, a Michael Douglas, perhaps, or is that or my off on that one? My story. I don't I'm know. There's, was it? It's all garbage up there. <laughs> the only movie that's coming to my mind is that roller skating, roller rink movie where they could have been this one. Bloodsport. Uh, Not Bloodsport. Bloodsport was that fighting movie. Um, Roll bounce. Roller, oh, what was that? Low bow wow. Hey, uh, Balderson, help me out. 80s, maybe 70s. 
Um, it was like a, a killer roller derby movie with like motorcycles oh! and um, shit. Uh, rollerball. It's rollerball, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. rollerball. 100%. See, there's that, there's that old garbage coming back up, that 50 <laughs> years of, of uh, watching shitty movies. You gotta uh, turn your compost once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Got to roll that around. Uh, I think I was thinking of Roxanne, Roxanne. with uh, Daryl yeah. Hannah. I don't know if she had roller skates or not. I, I think I was probably <laughs> watching Roxanne and uh, L.A. Story at the same time simultaneously on yeah. um, two screens. That's this is the only way you can consume all of the movies before you die is by watching multiple <laughs> movies at the same time yeah. to get through them. There's so many important films that you need to see. With That's your time. why we layer them for you at the intro and intermission. We layer them. Yes. All of them at the same All the important time. scenes. Yeah. And the Hollywood writer's strike again, the unions again, if that's Hollywood Babylon, Man, there's already such a vibrant Christian community. They're already on God's Not Dead, what, three, four, five, and six? So we're going to be okay. We got plenty of entertainment available. Fireproof, come on. <laughs> that guy will never burn down. He's so faithful in his marriage. <laughs> we will always have a Neil film to watch. What people really should have gotten out of it, too, is the huge list of talking heads who are giving out political points. How many of them were under the same exact writing team? Because when we're talking about late night hosts, these comedy hosts, they've had, these have become the liberal talking heads. The, these libtards don't want to sit down and actually get political information and, and be truly informed. They want somebody to make Trump jokes because you know Trump's all bad and orange man bad, things like that which I'm not saying Trump's great, good by any means, but this is what they want. So there's really, so they get their political information from these comedians. And we look a whole giant list of them all from the same writers. Yeah, that's why they are making a biopic film. We're going back to the biopics about the first night that saturday night live went live and the chaos leading up to the we're live of that first broadcast because apparently it was chaos and they feel like they need to tell their version of a story to entertain us about their mishaps before their what is up with all these movies lately about like the most flipping mundane, like the Tetris movie, and now they have this Blackberry movie, and now they have hey, oh, that looks, looks like a good one. I want to, I want to know, I want to know about the Blackberries, that little device that Obama used for a couple of times to send some emails yeah. about hot dogs and other menu items that you probably wanted to. They're, choose what they're going to celebrate and what they're going to eat together. Well, we're all Pizza buying dog, tickets to the Barbie movie to review the Barbie movie for We Inspire's World Come Yes. 
There can only there's only one Alan. <laughs> can I ask uh, Balderson a question? Um, when it comes to someone like Owen Benjamin, and if he's not vibing with you, like I don't really listen to him. I'm very I'm aware. I've checked him out, and it doesn't vibe, and I just move on. Why um, does it make sense to provide any prana or any uh, attention to uh, that's that side of the internet if you're not really feeling it just go i'm over it and then you just don't really even pay attention anymore um and because holding you know as i used to say like having real estate in your head you know why allow him to maybe have some real estate in your head is it what, do, what are your thoughts on that and i'm not i'm asking i'm not so know. if you're if you're an outsider there's no reason for you to do that the the difference is is Owen made friends with me a number of years ago. Uh, specifically, what happened was he started going, he, he, he pushed away from Hollywood and started moving toward the homesteader life. And so Owen knew who I was before I ever seen any of his TV shows or movies. I don't watch romantic comedies um, and I don't watch TV. So he saw uh, videos of me shearing alpacas and doing homesteading. And he's like, and the thing about the shearing the alpacas is, is that most people when they shear alpacas, they have to tie them down super tight. This animal's damn near drawn and quartered. And then they take this big machine and they rip it all over and the alpaca's screaming and fighting. And when I do it, we lay the alpaca down and the person helping me can basically just hold, just kind of, you know, pet their head. And then I take a big, ass uh and you know hand scissors big old hand shears and i shear the animal and i shear the animal that way so he asked to you know start asking around to get a hold of me and wanted to have some talks with me and you know even if the guy was hollywood or whatever and not quite like i am you know that's such an excellent move and it was very impressive so while i'm not the coolest kid on the block my voice has real big ripples, real big ripples. And so when uh, I made friends with him and I'm well known for just being like, into, being who I am is the thing I'm known for. And I live off grid. I, uh, I live the life I'm talking about. Okay. So when he, so basically he started borrowing some of my integrity and he was, and he, and at the time, I think he was trying to be solid. I really do. And uh, so over the years now, he's grown real popular on this and he's transitioned everything. And now he's gotten a whole bunch of land and gotten all these people to donate a ton of money to him. And I do mean a ton. And the guy starts doing things that are completely out of line. And so uh, mostly I just ignored him also and didn't say anything. And then what he started doing was coming out and other guys that were coming up in the community that were doing the things that we're talking about, that were trying to live an alternative lifestyle and break from civilization. He started cutting those guys legs out from under them. I mean, if you go into my chat of my, of my video, and this doesn't even touch my other social medias, there's about 540 comments, about 520 are all just completely shitting on him talking about how he's done this over and over to other people well now because he's not been uh uh reined in 
he's built spiraled himself up to a level where now if somebody's anybody that's uh doesn't completely agree with him he just goes out and outright attacks and <clears throat> that's all again all fine i don't care then he started calling guys ped pedophiles and two of the guys that he was calling a pedophile were uh young family men with little kids and all of them under under kindergarten age and when he called them pedophiles he had this giant story that he laid out and then what he also does is he knows even though he's not calling shots he knows that he has a certain percentage of his bear community are fucking frothing lunatics now there's a substantial amount that are decent dudes and completely normal people and these people were following him for the homesteading and the the trying to live a better life not this life that uh society's been feeding us uh so when he started uh saying that he was relying on his frothing lunatic percentage and what that percentage does is anything that owen points at they come unglued on and he had a large enough following that uh this was an extremely dangerous thing and and anybody that understands uh pedophilia and uh uh cps it doesn't take much more than a rumor to get cps at your house you get uh three four guys calling with the same story about something and digging around on your internet james has said that his all of his accounts have been hacked um you know, for when he decided to start doing Bertaria, within a couple of weeks, he had a quarter of a million dollars drummed up in donations just because he wanted an idea. So, you know what kind of power that is? You could work, you could work your whole life without having a quarter of a million dollars in your hand to fucking go throw down on some land free and clear. And he does it in a couple of weeks just by asking. So, do you know what kind of power that is? So, when he comes out and starts saying that, and again, there's a a strong association to me, then I need to make that break from that. And then men that were looking for an example of a man to, to something to, to put their lodestone to, when a real man sees another man doing some shit like that, you call it out. And then the ones who have, who don't quite have that lodestone down for themselves, they see what a real example is. They see what a man with a spine is because it's easy to cave to a dude like that. That's going to get hundreds and thousands of people shitting on you. And, and, you know, you're not the cool kid. You succumb to the pressure. Lots of people we've watched uh, speakers in the community when the community gets mad at them, just roll out because they can't handle the, the people crapping on them. How easy is that? So when somebody just says, I don't care. What do I got to lose? I was never making money. I didn't monetize my channel. I don't care about clicks. You want to fight? Fight me. Quit fighting the dudes with the fucking, with the small kids. Quit freaking ruining their lives and their businesses. So, yeah, I agree with you 95% of the time. And, and I'm not going to continue to put energy into it. But when a man sees another man, especially one that he's personal friends with, and talks to personally on the phone when they do wrong you call it out that's how men keep each other straight well thank you for that i was thank you for uh i was just curious man thank i appreciate you man real um like attracts like no problem, and, uh, 
the phonies are going to be revealed. It's literally written in the realm. The, it, any phoniness, if you're not unique, it will be revealed. So I always encourage everyone to just, it, now is not the time to be phony. Now is the time to let, um, it, it, if it's relationships or anything, or you're, you're kind of being, um, there's lies, it's going to be revealed now. So all the real ones um, will still be you'll see them and all the fake ones will you'll see them and you don't have to look very closely they'll it'll be very obvious so i recommend to everyone um including myself i don't talk i'm always talking to myself when i say things like this is to be your unique self uh and 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 it, you'll actually um it will be like um rewarded like now's the time if you are your unique self it's also the time for the extrovert to go, this is this is who I am, guys. This is what I am. And take it or leave it. And it will actually, like, be rewarded uh, based on the, like, times nowadays. You know, that's just how it is. And if you're a phony and you're trying to push and you're like, I'm pretending and I'm holding on to the old paradigms or whatever, and you're not changing, uh, it's not going to be, it's going to be a rough. So uh, I think that's the way I see it. So, yeah, man, uh, respect, respect. That phoniest theme is in J.D. Salinger's The Catcher in the Rye, the 16-year-old Holden Caulfield guy. That ties into conspiracy theory culture because people that are aware of this book and read this book have been triggered, perhaps. I've never read the book because I, I knew it was filled with phonies. And I'm a I literary wonder, snob. I wonder why that's why they call them phones. We talk on the phones. We talk on the phonies. Well, yeah, it, it comes from the Phoenicians is one uh, layer of that word. That's Phone. a sore spot, birds. We don't talk about Phoenicians for another few weeks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go ahead and skip that one. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't bring up. I didn't know there was a sore spot. Um <laughs> I never heard it's like hey we don't talk Phoenicians in here that's I love that uh I love the randomness of it I, I gotta make a... <laughs> yeah we don't want to argue alphabets tonight oh, shit. If, if chat could just resort to using emojis only tonight for the rest of the evening please that would really help us all out so we don't have to is also accepted or it's like do i only want a dollar i feel like if i uh say anything it's like you owe a dollar it's a secret the secret word for tonight right right <laughs> yeah and there was that topic of authority and deconstructing and cult awareness this has been passed around the internet this is the um is it word of life fellowship does anybody know this church essentially they have this list for their members I don't think you get this immediately upon joining, but they have this list of do's and don'ts. And some of the do's are that you will be required to attend service. You'll be required to tithe. That's 10% of your gross earnings and give offerings. A woman named Jane will check your records from time to time. You will be required to smile on command. This is called keeping your happy face. You will be required to participate in group work projects. You will enjoy it. After each service, you'll be, you will be required to clean the church and fellowship hall on a rotating basis. Now, those are the five do's. They have a list of over 200 don'ts. 
don't drink alcohol, don't cook with alcohol, don't eat at places that serve alcohol, don't drink, in quotes, root beer, don't drink the registered brand of cheer wine, don't drink diet cheer wine, don't drink ginger ale, don't smoke cigarettes, don't dip snuff, don't use chew tobacco, don't watch videos in your car, especially in your car, don't watch movies at all unless Jane approves, don't go to a movie theater, don't read the newspapers, not even the headlines, don't listen to the radio. Again, so sometimes you'll know that you're joining a cult. Sometimes it'll be very obvious that you're in a cult. Sometimes you won't find out until later. Certainly, there's there's other pages to this I can bring up. Is this Word of Life Fellowship? Anyone heard of this? There's There are paper trails and documents and things. No, where's where's Word of Life Fellowship? I haven't done that amount of homework yet because I haven't gotten through the lists of what not to do. Oh. <laughs> okay, so there are more. I want to make sure I get 18 to 52. Let's see, not 123 to 145. I got to get these sheets in order because if I don't have order, in this, uh, I think Jane's going to be really upset with me. So here's um, 18 through 52. Don't watch television. Don't read books that are not approved by leadership. Don't read your Bible too much because uh, you don't want to read your Bible too much. The Amplified Version is acceptable. Don't take notes during the services. Don't forget to go to the bathroom before the service. Don't go to the bathroom during the service. Don't bring any knives on the church property. Don't be late for service. Don't park alongside the left side of the sanctuary unless you are approved. So there's approved parking, nowhere to park. And don't park in the spaces close to the back steps. Those are reserved for parents with infants. Don't park in the first spot along the sidewalk. There's a whole list of don't parks. Uh, don't speed when driving around the church. Don't go opposite to the accepted traffic flow of counterclockwise. It causes confusion. Don't be on your cell phone when approaching the school. Don't drive your car with expired tags. You'll be reminded if your tags expire. Men... Don't wear a color of dress shirt except white or light blue. Women, don't get your heart set on a dress until you check with others to see of anyone else has that dress. You may need to return yours. So all of these problems that leadership has experienced in church uh, was written down on a list of rules. And over time, they added more and more rules as you can see, there's through 53 through 86, if you're curious about more of these rules. And this is kind of ridiculous. Uh, don't wear anything with Nike on it. Nothing. Uh, there's a rule against wearing cargo pants. Don't wear black tennis shoes. Don't wear high-cut boot-like tennis shoes. All these rules about shoes. Uh, don't wear, in quotes, muscle t-shirts. I think those are wife beaters, and you don't want to be seen as beating your wife. Don't go swimming with boys and girls together. Don't leave the pool toys out when you're done using the pool. Don't go outside with the sunscreen. Maybe they should just empty the pool and then say, don't skateboard in the pool. That would probably... Hold on. Does number off. 83 say, say Jane needs to get a feel for the neighborhood? Oh, my God. 83 says, don't even make an offer on a house unless Jane can check out and get a feel for the neighborhood. So they want to Jane buy property. Jane needs to get felt up by the neighborhood before you can move in? Don't sign up for classes unless Jane Whaley or leadership checks out your, your class schedule. Men, uh, don't allow facial hair to grow. No beards of any type and no pork chop sideburns. 
So this is welcoming you to the Word of Life Fellowship. So as you see, over time, people wanting to control other people take all these concerns and they begin to make more and more rules. They begin to say certain words are not allowed. Certain words are bad words. They reduce the language. They reduce the freedom because of the need to have more control over a situation. Does that remind you of anything? That Beyond reminds me that you know, what is not a bad word? Gravy. Gravy is not a bad word. I love me some biscuits and gravy. Fart is not a bad word. I will die on this hill. Bjorks. It's not a fart. That's the F word. It's making a windy. F-J-A-R-D. It's pronounced fjord. <laughs> making a windy. Making a windy. Right. right. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, I don't know if Jane allows us to talk about body functions like that. I'll let's see. We got we got some more rules to go through. There's Christy, a whole list. Christy of them. and her family, I think they don't say fart. She used to get so offended because anytime I meet a little boy, I'm like, "Did you fart? Did you did you fart? Did your fart stinks." And Christy will look at me like I'm fucking nuts. Like, why are you saying that? And then she sees a little boy just smile. Like, yeah, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> you know they didn't even fart. They're gonna own that. Like, oh, you think that was stunk? I, yeah, that was mine. Mine. <laughs> this is the church Hilarious. that doesn't play Monopoly. They don't play football. They don't play ping pong. They don't. They don't play or imitate. In quotes, air guitar. <laughs> so I don't think there's a what lot. What is the waff? Don't let waff. <laughs> children play with children outside of wall word of faith fellowship children are not allowed to play with children outside of word of life don't make no. a wind and it wafts they don't yeah, don't this is definitely you're, you're trying to you're trying and to they don't eat turkey on thanksgiving right so 121 says don't forget to read your bible before you go to bed but one of the previous rules reminds you to not read your bible too much because you might think about it and get your own ideas and then question Jane, who is the person that will interpret the Bible for you. When I see Jane, I'm going to say. <laughs> You're going to whistle at Jane and tell her she's beautiful. Yeah. And then she'll say number 117. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, You're not allowed no in heaven. Yeah, no ATVs or dirt bikes. Uh, there's a special rule for African-Americans to not shave your head bald. Uh, number 137, don't complain about the list of don'ts. So we're not complaining. We're just reading them to, to better understand them. Don't go in the sanctuary with sin in your heart. Uh, be, remember to de deal with the sin in your heart before you go to service. So just deal with it. Don't place toilet paper on the roll unless it rolls over the top. Most important is 144. Yeah. I agree with that one. That's a real one. Right there. Don't put the toilet paper under the... Don't... You always put it over the top. <laughs> what psychopath puts toilet paper the other way so it falls down the backside? Who does this? These are the issues we need to deal with. This is how you maintain a good fellowship of believers. Is that 145 rules? I think there's a That's few insane. other pages. I don't know oh. if I had them all there. 
144. Don't attack those in authority. It's like, yeah. Follow all rules without exception. Right. Rules? That's a lot of rules. It's wow. a lot of rules. And it could mean that there are rule breakers. So to produce a whole generation of rule breakers, you have to have a lot of rules on the books. And I think if there's one thing we learned about the war on drugs, the drugs will always win that war. Abe made a valid point that Jack Handy was the best thing to come out of the 90s. And and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with that. Deep I, I agree with that. Jack Handy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What does Jack, what does, what does Jane say about Jack Handy's in the bathroom? <laughs> Are they approved? Is that a bucket of KFC gravy, Gordy? <laughs> I think he calls it uh, kefir, but I just say it's yogurt juice. It I knew it was yogurt gravy. I knew it was yogurt gravy. Right on the yeah, nose. Yogurt there. gravy. I'm going to drop off. Thank you, Thank you, birds. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Later, man. Keep on going. Take care, man. Good to talk to you. We have to. It's midnight here. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. We've been doing this for a little while. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. I don't want to uh, take up a whole much, a whole lot of time later. Oh much no, later. it's it's open. You're it's good. Saturday night. It's just a party here. I'm going to bed. <laughs> good night. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Drugs definitely yeah. won. Drugs definitely won. Daryl Davis has the point of the night. Sure. Do you guys have any other notes to bring up? Any memes in the meme bank to share? Any movies uh, that Jane approves of talking about? Tomorrow at 7 p.m. Central on my King of Cups channel, I'm premiering the long-awaited um, God is a Playwright World Stage, the Hero's Journey conversation I had with our friend Joshua the Brands and AlanMarcus.com. It was a wonderful okay. conversation, and I had to save it from the bowels of the underworld, the digital underworld, to bring it to you guys. Appreciate that. Yeah. Tell us about your digital underworld journey. Was it through the uh, computer Legos game, Minecraft? It was very pixelated. Mm -hmm. Like in a retro way? Mm -hmm. Do nose large. I have to go on a silk-covered road. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the dark web no I was not right so we're in 2023 they've built up his systems of government they've added more and more legislation and laws and rules people are concerned that TikTok might be banned there's a lot of concern about laws and rulers and kings and things. I don't know. Giving our attention to that is, is uh, 
Ronan the bird dog was advising us wisely. It's summertime and the weather's nice. So maybe we could get out and enjoy it. Weather's oh, nice where? It's great in Oklahoma. <laughs> right here. There might be the chicken nuggets and, and gravy. Shit. Like all the fast food establishments give you gravy instead of barbecue sauce. <laughs> Just so you know, it's an okie oh, thing. It is an okie thing. Gravy yeah. is an okie thing for I've sure. I've been to Oklahoma. My grandparents make the best Oklahoma. gravy. I was saying in the uh, chat when the intermission was going, the the uh, bigger guy here reminded me of when I lived in Texas for a little bit. I was a waitress, and there was this group of three people. Uh, one of them had like an oxygen machine. One of them had a peg leg, <laughs> and one of them had an eye patch, and they just kept asking for gravy. Like, because they all <laughs> ordered chicken fried steak That's and great. they just wanted more dishes of gravy. And so, like, every five minutes, I'd go get them a little scoop of gravy. I was like, how long is this going to last? <laughs> Maybe sweet tea. Okay, that's that's my thing. When you go to you put sugar in your tea. Yeah. When you go to a country restaurant and you order the chicken fried steak, it should automatically come with white gravy. It should not have automatically be brown gravy unless specified. It was a few years back before I stopped eating meat. I went to a um, country restaurant and when my when I did eat meat one of my favorite things was chicken fried steak with white gravy and I just assumed that was the 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 norm and yeah. so I went to this rest this country restaurant with my family and I ordered the chicken fried steak and they brought it out with brown gravy on it and I just stared at it for the longest time and I was like what is this monstrosity how am I supposed to eat this shit? <laughs> but I'd eat it. Still sounds bomb. Dude. You are <laughs> seriously like, no, well, yeah. I'm still I still eat it. it though. I can't. I can't. Monstrosity. Fuck it. I'll eat it. I mean, I still ate it. I mean, I didn't. You're not a psychopath. It, that's <laughs> just when it clicked in my head. I'm like, wait. There's no universal thing that chicken fried steak came with white gravy, not brown. And I was like, why is is this not a universal thing? It is it clicked for me that not everyone thinks the same about chicken fried steak and gravy that I hey, did. Speaking of gravy, well, so if, white when I grew up. If you're doing gravy after you do your chicken in the crock pot, like let the fat drain down in the bottom of the crock pot. Take that, take that stuff, keep it in there, turn it on hot after you take the chicken out and then put sweet potato starch in it and just whip it up instead of uh, wheat. So you don't get the glyphosates and all that bullshit. So get sweet potato power or yeah, or sweet potato flour and then whisk it into it with like pepper and salt and stuff. It makes a great gravy. Like it's stupid easy and it's got tons it keeps all the fat you're you're ingesting all that fat that's that was in the the bird to begin with 
Like get a good bird, you know. Yeah, and you, and you can, can still buy them with any kind of meat too. Like, yeah. um, I don't eat pork anymore, but when I did, we made ham gravy one time. That was really good. Again, uh, you're conserving all those fats. So hungry. Good get so stuff. hungry. Fix your brain. Late at night, and we're talking about food. We're making everybody hungry. Yeah, and a tea to gravy. Katie! How many gravity. chickens? How many chickens remain? We started with seven. We still have one. I think at least syringe. one's going in the gravy. I'm just saying. And uh, 206 sex dolls. Is that for one for one person? Are we like what? going two to a doll so we could? <clears throat> if they're consensual sex dolls, are the dolls yes. filled with the gravy? Did we ask enough questions tonight? Not yet, Chris. Did we answer anything? Should we play it out with the... Uh... Well, the problem, I mean, everyone should just know from now on that chicken fried steak comes with white gravy, unless specified. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a crime. <laughs> That's, just That's a, a crime. Unless Jane oh, says gravy. otherwise. Jane, yeah, you, you were... You were you, in some alternate dimension where some, things weren't right. I, I don't know, you know, mm. what happened there, Chris, but you're, it's good that you came back. Yeah, it was so bizarre. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> that yeah. bizarre point of the night where some of us need to eat something. And if we I keep talking about gravy without saying anything gravy... Until next week, your gravy in our minds. It's peanut butter. I'm make some noodles. He said she, cover them in gravy. She's coming after the fight. You gotta wait for Cheney. Yes. She said she's coming in to spite her after the fight. She said there was one more left. That was a while ago. How many? Yeah, that was like ten minutes ago. We need to get this guy to take somebody That's to take a damn dive or something here. Pray for huh. another. Guy. <laughs> Early knockout. Well, we'll still be in the Zoom room. Back from Wonderland. Good 